Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the Whataburger line Dance halls and women But man, I'm wishing That I was fishing by the river tonight In Texas Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tex-ish, the show about some things Texas. And some things not. We have an incredible episode, as always, in store for you with the one, the only... Austin's best CEO, Javon McCormick. Javon McCormick. We talk taxes. We talk race. We talk poverty. We talk taxes again. We, we talk, talk taxes several times. We talk taxes several times. Prostitution. We're not the taxes podcast, but we do talk about taxes. taxes. We're going to get to that here in a minute. But first, as always, we have a couple of not sponsors. Gunner, who's our first not sponsor? Our first not sponsor of this episode of Tex-ish is the masculine urge to grow a pubic hair mustache when you're 20 years old. That's a real thing. It is a real thing. The masculine urge to grow a pubic hair mustache when you are 20 (laughs) years old. I don't know what it is. When you're 20, whether you're in college, whether you're not, it's not like one person in your peer group wants to grow a mustache. You go on spring break, you come back, pubic hair mustache. Can't grow a full beard? Grow a pubic hair mustache. Don't have a full beard yet? Grow a pubic hair mustache. Pubic hair mustache. It's somehow worse than a scrappy beard. (laughs) Been shaving once every two months ever since you were 17? Grow a pubic hair mustache. Grow a pubic hair mustache. Do you sometimes (laughs) play collegiate sports? Pubic hair mustache. Pubic hair mustache. Are you tired of not making out with anybody ever? Pubic Pubic hair hair mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Who's our other not sponsor? Our other not sponsor is Crippling Depression. Crippling Depression. Has everything been going really great in your life lately? Are things around you changing for the better? Crippling Depression. You were doing really well. Now you're not. Uh, Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. All right, cool. Crippling Depression. (laughs) (laughs) It's like feeling nothing for days. For days on end. Crippling Depression. Are you okay? Not anymore. Crippling Depression. It's not feeling sad. It's feeling hollow. Crippling Depression, sponsoring better bedsheets since 1995. (laughs) Crippling Depression, are you happy? Not anymore. Not for long. (laughs) Crippling Depression, even though you know it's going to end, it sucks while it's happening. Crippling Depression, caused by lack of sunlight, too much blue light from our screens, and the fact that QAnon is real. Crippling Crippling Depression. depression. Sponsored by Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Crippling Depression, sponsored by First World Problems. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing like having a not sponsor like that when we have a guest who ate half-eaten burgers out of trash cans when he was a child. I, honestly, man, Javon is like the least depressed, like affected person ever. By he could be a miserable son of a gun, and nobody would blame him. But he was a bright ray of sunshine, was so happy, was so positive. I just just really like lit a fire under me in some ways. Yeah. And I mean, I can attest to it. So Javon is the CEO of Scribe, the company that I work for full time and love it. What you got, that is him every day. He is like that that every single day. 
I, you know, sometimes I'll watch like a TED talk or a, a something where there's an inspirational speaker, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they're putting it on or yeah. that they have, you know, that this is a rehearsed story that they don't really believe what they're saying, but they know that you do. Yep. And then they can make money off of it. That's not Javon. I, Javon is telling you what he believes 100%. And he's letting you know at the same time that he cares about what you believe too. He makes you feel like what he you think matters. He might not agree with it, and he yeah. might think it's stupid, but he makes it so easy to hear his beliefs and his yeah. ideas, but also share your own. Exactly. He makes he makes you feel like what you think matters. Yeah. And I, I think that's like one of the highest qualities of a CEO. He says in the interview, he puts his people first, and there are a lot of companies out there that claim to do that. Looking at you, Amazon. <laughs> But he truly does, and it's obvious that that's why he's become as successful as he has. I agree, and we'll get into more of him yeah, later. Absolutely. We were better dressed than he was, just for the record. For the re- let the record show. Let the record show. Two of us had ties on. I was told that he was a snappy dresser, and I didn't want to let him down. <laughs> also, to be fair, his shirt likely cost more likely than cost my more car. than our entire yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to him here in a minute. Uh, what happened this day in Texas history? Well, on, on a day in Texas history, <laughs> once upon a time in Texas history, I got to get like a little, yeah, a little jingle, intro, a little like, jingle for something. Once upon a time. Got to have Christian write something up for us. Christian, if you're listening, write it up. He'll be in Austin soon. Ooh. Mm. Anyway, check it out. Once upon a time in Texas history on opening day, April 9th, 1965, A sold-out crowd of 47,879 people watched an exhibition game between the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees in the newly opened Astrodome. The eighth wonder of the world. The eighth wonder of the world at the time. Right, man-made. It was the first enclosed baseball field ever. Ever. Okay. It also boasts the first installation of artificial turf, which came to be known as AstroTurf. And on that, at that game were President Lyndon B. Johnson and his wife, Lady Bird, as well as Texas Governor John Connolly and Houston Mayor Louis Welch. Governor Connolly actually tossed out the first pitch and uh, Dick Turk Farrell of the Astros threw the first pitch. Mickey Mantle had both the first hit, a single, and the first home run in the Astrodome. The Astros actually went on to beat the Yankees 2-1. to one. Ghost Rose. Ghost Rose. Do you know what the Astros were called before they were called the Astros? The Colt 45. The Colt 45. Colt 45. And as we all know, the Astrodome would go on to host football, uh, rodeos, all sorts of other things. And everybody at the time was blown away because they'd never seen anything like it. Playing baseball in Houston during the summer was a marathon more than anything else. It was a crush, a soul crushing, hot, humid event full of mosquitoes and sadness. <laughs> so they thought, so they built the Astrodome. Let's do it inside. <laughs> I also just love how easily we were amazed even in the sixties. Sure. Cause this is also around the, at the same time we were sending people into space, mm-hmm. but it was just as cool that we were playing a game completely inside i know isn't that amazing i also love that yeah this was a wonder of the world and it was great and it's so obsolete now because every field is like it can be a dome it could be a dome or we can press this button and and open the roof open the roof hey you know what would be great on this building a sunroof and 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 they made and the astrodome was like oh no so the other fun thing is like 
the attendees love it. Anyone who ever played on the AstroTurf is like, yeah, thanks for the concussion. Because <laughs> guess what? There's yeah. concrete half an inch beneath this uh-huh. grass. Yeah, they, uh, they've, they've since updated the way mm-hmm. they make turf. So speaking of the concussions and all the problems, in 2008, the facility was cited for numerous code violations <laughs> and was closed permanently. And they now play at Minute Maid Park. But, uh, you know... I thought that was a cool bit of history. Mm-hmm. The first ever indoor, uh, you know, at dome professional baseball field. Mm-hmm. We actually went to the Astrodome before it closed. We went and saw the Astros play there. It's true. In like 2002 or six, yeah, somewhere like in there. Somewhere in there. Um, and I remember really enjoying it. I remember enjoying it, but I also remember seeing, like, from the stands, you could see the carpet burns that players yeah, absolutely. were getting. <laughs> Just everything about playing on AstroTurf looked miserable. Oh, yeah, except like, for – and here's how, here's how you know that Texas Summers and Houston are miserable is they would rather have concussions and rug burn than play than outside, play outside on normal grass. <laughs> so that was Once Upon a Time in Texas history. Once Upon a Time. How was that? I like it. I think I think I'm gonna clip that out, and that's gonna be that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be it. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. All right, absolutely. Just one more time. <laughs> Once, Once upon a time. <laughs> Would you like to know about our small town of the week? Always. Our small town of the week is Iran, Texas. Not to be confused with Iran. Not to be confused with Iran. They're very similar temperature wise, though. True, and landscape wise, and landscape wise, lots of nothing. Just less, um, I don't know, less death. Arguable. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Iran is a city in the in Pecos County. Its population was roughly 1,200 in the 2010 census. Nice. So it's either gone up or down based okay. on the recent oil boom. And uh, it was named for the first names of Ira and Ann Yates, who owned the ranch upon which the town was built. Nice. There is very little about Ira Ann. Um, you know, it was an oil field. Uh, Discovered in 1926, mm-hmm. the first buildings were just housing, etc. Okay. One of those basic West Texas oil towns. Mm-hmm. It does have um, a, f- a semi-famous resident by the name of V.T. Hamlin, okay. who created the comic strip Alley Oop. I don't know what that is. But I don't it, either. It's, but it's that's linked, what he, on, it's the linked page, on the page. So it must so. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they even they even named a street after him. All Virginia Tech Hamlin. Anyway, <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. I nice. ran Texas. I mean, another claim to fame. Another claim to fame is my freshman year English teacher mm-hmm. was from Ira Ann. Sure. And over the course of four years, she groomed one of my classmates, had an affair with him with her husband, and ran away with him. And she was from Ira Ann. Are you sure that didn't happen in Florida? No, that happened in Andrews, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that doesn't. Surprise me. So it, when I when when you said Ira Ann, I pictured her and thought, huh, huh, fair. Ira Ann. All right, there it is. She fair. she ran away. She <laughs> with an eighteen year old boy. Do you want to hear about our badass of the week? Is our badass not the teacher who it's, groomed a student? Uh, shout down that teacher, by the way. <laughs> this is an anti grooming anybody podcast, except for. Sure. for 
except for <laughs> except for any area below the waist with the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Lawnmower 4.0, best in men's below the belt grooming. 20% off with code Texish and free worldwide shipping. Champions of pubic hair removal since 2005. More Manscaped. On that in a bit. More on that in a bit. Our badass of the week is none other than Jane Long. She Jane is Long. one of the original pioneer women Ooh. of our great state of Texas. Jane Long will always be remembered as the mother of Texas. Okay. One of the earliest pioneers to make Texas her home. It is believed she was one of the first English-speaking women to bear a child in Texas. Mm-hmm. Thus the name Mother of Texas. Migrating oh. from Mississippi at the beginning of the 19th century, she and her husband, James Long, which makes this sound like this is fake, like their names. Right. But it's any, here. Any relation to the Longs? Potentially. But James Long settled at Bolivar Point. Jane was left there with her daughter, Anne, while James went to join the fight for independence from Spain. While others began to evacuate the area, Jane remained. She's quoted as saying, My husband left me here to wait for him, and I shall stay here until he returns, she said. Her husband never returned. And this isn't one of those who went out to get milk things. He went out to fight in a battle that he thought he was on the right side of. And we can argue about what the right and wrong was of that. Go listen to Forget the Alamo with Jason Stanford. Learn more about that. Upon learning the news that he had been killed in Mexico Mm -hmm. City, Jane moved her family to Pedasoria, where she opened a prosperous boarding house that was frequented by such prominent characters as William Barrett Travis. Never heard of them. (laughs) Oh, wait. Let me say it correctly. William B. Travis. Oh, there it is. There yeah, it yeah. is. Okay, All there right. it is. Uh, Long's boarding house was used as a meeting place before the war, and it mm-hmm. is said that Stephen F. Austin delivered Ooh. an impassioned speech calling Texans to war under her roof. Wow. So, yeah. So, really, you can credit her with Texas' fight for freedom and independence. Yeah. Like, and without like, her. Without her, there's no roof. Look, I'm just saying that it's the meeting place is a, as important as the meeting. Oh, well, I mean, it's the, it, the meeting place is where the slingshot gets pulled back. Right? I, let's be fair. Like, whenever you're talking about even something as inconsequential as where are we going to watch the game? Are we going to go to, you know, William's place? Or are we going to go to Bob's place? Yeah. And William happens to have, like, an outdoor grill with 20 TVs. Yeah. You're going to William's place. And whether it's a party or battle, everyone likes the pregame more anyway. Exactly. So, so I'm sure everyone who fought at the Alamo the whole time thought, I wish we were at Jane's place. She's also, like, you know, you've heard of Ryder Dies. She's yeah. kind of like a stay put and die. Stay you know? put. Stay put and wither away. Stay put until your husband turns up dead. Although, and then, before, like, 1950, everywhere was stay sure. put or die. <laughs> like, no matter where you went, you were... That's fair. Rides were hard to come by. Yeah, dude, death was imminent until very recently. Yeah, and even... It's just... Death was such a part of daily life before, like, 19... Something? 60... Yeah, I mean, that's that feels right. That's like It feels like, you know, you have yeah. ten kids because, you know, five of them aren't going to make it. Yeah, I wonder if that's what's causing the opioid epidemic. Is like, just... Like, death has to be imminent some way, but mm. since it doesn't happen, if we just walk out our front door, people are just... 
I think the opioid epidemic has been caused by a lot of different things and maybe up to and including one of our non-sponsors, as mentioned earlier, <laughs> crippling depression. Uh, I thought <laughs> you meant that it was the masculine urge to grow a pubic I'm not. Mustache. Here's the thing. Based on my the image of an opioid abuser in my head, I'm not going to discount not gonna that Not going to discount sponsor. that that's part of the equation either. <laughs> opioid epidemic aside, we got a great interview An with amazing, the one, the wonderful, only, the amazing, the Javon McCormick. The handsome, well-spoken. All-around awesome dude. And the cutest kids. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. He took, I gave him one of our shirts, and he was very kind. I said, hey, can I actually get three smalls to give to my kids? Like, of course. Yes, Absolutely. anything. Tossing the shirts, and that night he sent us a picture uh, oh, three of his four little kids and, and just the cutest picture I've ever seen. So cute. Just awesome. So Javon, if you're listening, thank you so much for your time. We're going to get to his interview here in a second, but first we got a quick word from our real sponsor. Support for the Texas podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. They're the best in men's below the waist grooming. I am telling you, they are champions of the world when it comes to shaving your balls and your butthole. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for family jewels. I just realized that that rhymed. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men and 800-ish balls worldwide who trust Manscaped. (laughs) 4 million men. Listen, we're speakers, not mathematicians. million-ish worldwide balls who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for Texas listeners. Go to manscaped.com and enter the code TEXISH, T-E-X-I-S-H, to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That's right, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code TEXISH at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredible, comfortable grooming experience. It's the Stephen Hawking of body hair trimmers. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge, cutting uh-huh. edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. And I will say, there have been a few times with less immaculate trimmers that I have nicked, I have bled, I have tangled, I have caught. It's a, it sucks. It does. And as much as I enjoy popping the easy-to-get ingrown hairs down there, ever since I started using Manscaped, I don't have that problem. It's all about the time equity. I have time back in my day because I'm not taking so long to shave my balls. I didn't realize how much time I would save by using an efficient trimmer. And I got to say... This is the only trimmer I would allow near the family jewels because they are truly precious. So, dudes, if you're not trying to tool with your family jewels, go to manscaped.com right now and get 20% off and free shipping with the code TEXISH at manscapes.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code TEXISH, all capitals, T-E-X-I-S-H. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, y'all. Now here's Javon McCormick. Knowing your upbringing, because we were definitely brought up a little more middle right as far as mm-hmm. West Texas, family family business. Those values were sort of taught to us 
coming up, but you had a very young mom. Dad was a pimp. Where where did your formulation of like political views mm-hmm. come from? Just what has formed that for you? Money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, Amen. money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so so. You know, it's it's interesting because so many people make the assumption. Um, because I was raised on welfare, mm-hmm. because I lived in public housing, yeah. uh, that I fall left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I got free lunch at school and really what shaped me was when I actually started making money mm-hmm. and I saw how much they took in taxes. Right. <laughs> Boy, that'll shift your opinion real fast. Yeah. And so uh, I, I, I say to people all the time, I'm staunch. Uh, fiscally conservative, mm-hmm. and in 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 matter of fact, Megan at the office uh, really identified this. This is the best way to put it because I always say I hate taxes. I hate taxes. I actually don't hate taxes. I hate the way they're utilized mm-hmm. because I do feel that it's okay to pay taxes. You make you make some good money. Mm-hmm. You've been able to be successful in this country based mm-hmm. on what, what the country provides, it's okay to pay more in taxes. What I just loathe is the way taxes are utilized in this mm-hmm. country. Uh, a lot of people are shocked when they hear me say this. I do believe in universal health care. Yeah. I grew up on the welfare system. I knew what it was like when I watched my mom, uh, and granted this is back in the 70s, where she got turned away from the hospital because she was on welfare. And she had to go to the county free hospital. I do believe everybody should have health care. What I don't agree with is the premise that we tax the rich. That's not a strategy. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Tax the rich. Yeah. You know, throw another log on the fire. My attitude is if you're going to put something out there as far as health care for everyone, mm-hmm. then you got to take something off. Mm-hmm. something's got, you can't just keep adding things on right. and saying tax the rich. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's not a strategy. That's not a good utilization of the tax dollars. Um, so that's where the breakdown comes for me. Mm-hmm. It's not that I necessarily mind paying taxes. I just hate the way they're utilized. Yeah. Right. And you mentioned the first time you saw, first time made money is sort of parallel with the first time you see how much went to taxes. Yeah. Oh, man. What was it like the first time that you made money as far as like that first paycheck that you thought, oh, I'm rich. This is well, going on. It's, it's funny, man, because, you know, when, when you first, uh, you get your first job mm-hmm. and whatever it is, an hour that you're making, uh, let's say you're making 10 bucks an hour. So you're doing the calculations in your head. You're yeah, like, okay, yeah. I worked 40 hours this week. I'm going to make 400 bucks. Then you get your check and you realize 20% was taken right mm-hmm. off the top. And again, you heard me. I made this joke the other day. You don't actually pay taxes. They take taxes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if I paid it, that means it you gave option. me the ability. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pay this. To it. Yeah, you yeah. chose. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, they take taxes. But yeah, when I, I got my first check, I was like, oh man, taxes suck. Yeah. Um, and really, where I just came to, to loathe taxes, uh, when I started investing mm-hmm. and I saw that, okay, let me get this straight. So I saved my money 
I'm going to use you for an example, Gunner. So Gunner and I make the same $10 an hour, both of us. Which isn't true, by the way. Right, which isn't true. <laughs> this uh, is a metaphor. So, so, right. so we, we both make 10 bucks an hour. So Gunner gets his check on Friday, and Gunner goes and blows it over the weekend. Typical Gunner. Typical Gunner. <laughs> and I chose to take mine and invest it. Yeah. So I invested my money. My money made some additional money. And so I got to get taxed again for doing the right thing for investing my money. On money that's already been taxed. Right. So right now, uh, capital gains tax is 20%. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you got to be kidding me. So I already got taxed on this money. I did the right thing, went and invested it, made some more money, and I got to get taxed again 20%. Now again, I love this country greatest country in the world i'll never live anywhere else um but my god that that tech should be like a single digit you know (laughs) seven percent maybe maybe nine i'll give you that but keep me under double digits yeah Yeah. just because we're talking about this um i was reading something about how greek in greek society whenever you were in the top we'll call it 1% of earners, uh, they didn't use taxes. They took a top 1% and they assigned each of the top 1% a task, like a governmental task, and you have to get this done. So it was like a privilege to get assigned this, okay, we need you to take care of infrastructure this year. So to your point on, well, I don't, I'm kind of with you. Like taxing bothers me because I didn't agree to how you're using the money. Right. So what if we flipped it and the people who've proven themselves to be worthy of taking care of problems are now solving them their way? That would be interesting, if nothing else. Very interesting, if nothing, <laughs> nothing else uh, to, to see. Well, well, come on. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, what I find absolutely comical, look at mo- the most, we'll go with the recency effect. When they had all of these problems mm. rolling out the vaccine, yeah, why did we not call Amazon, FedEx, and UPS <laughs> sure. like the the geniuses of mm-hmm. how do we get stuff from A to B yeah. in twenty four hours? Domino's right. can maybe be in this. Do- Domino's, right. Domino's. Uh, they're a logistics like, company, like, not a pizza company. Think yeah. about it. Yep, that's why they've been so successful, despite yeah. you know any number of other. So pizza competitors. <laughs> you you nailed it. So yeah. it's like um again, back to the government. We're yeah. just so inefficient. And yeah. I mean, look at the post office. Sure. What's that madness? Right. I, I believe <laughs> nine billion they lost last mm-hmm. year. Last time I checked, we lose nine billion gunner, we're out of business. Yeah. That, the government just keeps on <laughs> funding it. To, right? So that's where I get frustrated with tax Absolutely. dollars. And so I'd be curious to Seth's point of the mm. Greek society, if you were tasked with, hey, you're in the top 1%, you're, you're right up there next to Bezos, Siobhan. So what is the task that you choose to, what is the problem you choose to solve at the governmental level? I would have to go with education. Mm-hmm. Or the post office. And, and and if I got a new task each year, mm-hmm. my first year, I may go with the post office only because if they're losing $9 billion, and if I can even bring that down first year to a $2 billion loss, I got $7 billion that I can now allocate somewhere else, which sure. takes us right back to how our taxes utilized. Yes. Um, you know, it, and it would be very close between 
what do I attack first? Is it the, the post office? Is it uh, education? But I feel that if I hit the post office up first, I can use that surplus, mm-hmm. if you will, um, to then attack education. And, and, and I, that's a, a massive question because think about it. I mean, we got bridges, oh, there's, roads, there's highways, sure. there's yeah, so sure. many things. But those were the first two that really jumped off to me. Mm-hmm. Third in line would be uh, health care mm-hmm. because even now with the Affordable Health Care Act, um, again, I'm not a left or right guy. I, I even find it crappy that they call it Obamacare Mm -hmm. just because he was the person that, that rolled it out and they always say it in a very negative connotation. Yeah. You know, it's not a negative thing to, to have healthcare for this country. We're the Mm -hmm. wealthiest nation in the, in in the world. And there's a lot of us. Right. (laughs) And so it's not a bad thing. So to try to really, I I wasn't a fan of all his, his policies and his, Mm -hmm. his politics, but don't speak and say Obamacare in a negative way mm-hmm. when that was truly set up to try to do for the country as a whole. Right. It was, that, that's, that wasn't a negative. That's a positive of how do we support our country and people as a whole. Mm. Absolutely. And how does your, because you are very passionate about healthcare, I've experienced it and benefit from it as a tribe member at Scribe Media, how and why has healthcare been so important to you as a business leader and as a CEO? One, because, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's so damn expensive in this country. And then two, like I said, go back to when I was a kid and I watched my mom be turned away mm-hmm. for, for yeah. healthcare. You know, yeah. I, I, I thank God my mom and dad uh, gave me straight teeth <laughs> because they would not not have been able to afford braces. Yeah. Right. You know, I would have been an adult having mm-hmm. to pay for it on my own. Uh, so... Having experienced firsthand mm-hmm. of when things would go wrong, I joke with my wife all the time. Gunny knows I have four kids, and I tell my wife that uh, suburban kids are weak, and, <laughs> and I say that because yeah. low income kids don't get to go to the hospital all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So you build up an immune system. Yeah. May not be by way of choice, but you mm, build sure. up an immune system because every little sniffle, you don't get to run to the pediatrician and, oh, you know, Billy's got a, a runny nose. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they give you an antibiotic or what, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you were sick. I grew up, hey, go lay down, drink some water. You know, <laughs> that, outside, there, right? right like, there was the solution. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm very passionate about it again because... In our country, everyone should have health care. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, now, what I'm not a fan of is this universal income shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So, yeah, not a fan of that one. But universal uh, health care for everyone, yes, mm-hmm. big, big fan. So, Javon McCorn for president 2024. Man, is that the next one? I want uh, nothing to, to do with that. It's uh, I, I feel that you can be far more impactful in business than mm-hmm. you can in the, the government. Interesting. Uh, I, I actually tend to agree, but do you mind expanding on that? Because it does seem that the people that we would want to run never do. Uh, because. Um, I did not vote for for Donald Trump. Let me let me put that out there. I actually mm-hmm. thought it was a, a bit comical, as as I think everyone did when he said right. he was going to run. Um, 
He did it from a business perspective. Say say what you want about Donald Trump. Again, I didn't vote for him. wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't a fan. Um, man, he told you exactly what was on his mind. And 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 if you don't like him, you do. Ha- if you're if you're truly being fair, he said a lot of things that were just flat true. Mm-hmm. And and I and I feel like the difference what we saw as a country was. That was the first time you really saw someone go into politics and actually said what the truth was. Mm-hmm. Now, I say what the truth was because, again, we're talking about Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, most politicians give very political answers. Yeah. I've, said, I've said this out loud. Um, Joe Biden ran on an immigration ticket. His, mm-hmm. his whole campaign was around immigration mm-hmm. and the virus. Mm-hmm. Many people don't know that Joe Biden has not been down to the Texas border since 2008. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, we just had a Jay Root, who's yeah. a Houston Chronicle journalist, two days ago, done a lot of coverage on the border, and mm-hmm. he talked about Biden said a lot that he was yes. going to do. Jay's been down there a lot since he was elected. Nothing has changed. Nothing. And and so um, I feel that one I learned. Personally, the, the, the way I grew up and paying attention was business makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watch CNBC, the financial channel, and I watch Bloomberg, the financial channel. I'm not a big fan of watching the local news. There's not, um, you know, mm-hmm. if, if the local liquor store got robbed, it's not really affecting mm-hmm. the economy as a, as a whole. Mm-hmm. I look at business because business truly makes the world go round mm-hmm. and it, it impacts how we do business the the people in the country you know right right now here's a, here's a great example go back 3 4 years to to your point about business mm-hmm. this this is a good one so many people right now hate Jeff Bezos sure easy to hate him cuz he's number 1 great uh, but again let's be fair Matter of fact, if, if, if I uh, die, I, I do this exercise with some people. Gunnar, I don't know if I've ever done this with you at the office. If you pass away and there was one word to define you, what would the one word be? Mm-hmm. And mine would be fair. Mm-hmm. And I always make the joke because I'm half black, half white. I always had to be fair and look at both sides <laughs> of a situation. Um, there's no gray areas. Right. It, it, it truly is black or white. Um, <laughs> but my word would be fair. And... So when I look at Jeff Bezos, yes, we can attack warehouses and conditions and we can do all of that. But let's go back three, four years. In our country, we were arguing about $10 an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos just said, you know what? Damn all that. 15. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people completely overlooked that Jeff Bezos truly swung the economy. After he did that, everyone was forced mm-hmm. to then Walmart said, uh, Damn, well, we we can't afford to go straight to fifteen, but we'll go to a, a, a eleven and mm-hmm. other places. Like, well, we got to go to fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Quietly, mm-hmm. Amazon just announced that they're going to eighteen an hour. Yep. So, yeah. yes, every place, no, no place is perfect, but a lot of people lose uh, track or, or don't talk about. Man, he took us to fifteen dollars an hour, sure. where the argument was ten. Yeah. I mean, and $10 supported an a, hour. And supported thousands of small businesses right. along the way, but no one's going to say that. No, no one's going to say that. Etsy's a lot cuter, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and even this, um, 
you see this in their commercials and people can say it's propaganda, but there are a lot of people who are thankful that Amazon Absolutely, came and yeah. built a warehouse in that community because now they have a job and mm-hmm. they have health care. Um, so there, for, for all of the people who knock Amazon, you got a lot of people who are very thankful for, mm-hmm. for Amazon. On the, on the fair part, I want to go back in your past a little bit. This interview is mostly going to be focused on what we have coming even this year with your second book, Modern Leader. And I mean, anyone can Google your name and hear about your past, hear about your upbringing, but it's still important to revisit a little bit. Knowing your upbringing as far as growing up half black, half white in Ohio, in Texas, single mom, prostitute dad. You were treated. No, my dad wasn't a prostitute. He was a pimp. <laughs> that was a little weird. <laughs> Different people. Were. He was yeah. a pimp. You were treated unfairly, and and a lot of people in your situation would have just said, "Life is treating me unfair. I deserve a silver platter now because I've done my suffering." You almost, without any guidance, seemingly have have throughout your life stepped into someone who wants to be fair, someone yeah. who lives to be fair, also someone who doesn't choose to be a victim. No. How, how have you been able to do all of that? Because I, I believe lesser men have tried that from less harsh situations and failed. So how have you been able to become a fair man and an incredible business leader knowing that background? You know, so, so much of it is because you were, I was in those circumstances. You know, I, I saw my mom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they spit in her face. The lady spit in her face, called her nigger lover. I saw us get evicted from public housing because my mom was a, a, a nigger lover. And it was, it was interesting. It's always just, it's been a little comical to me. You know, even the lady, I still, I still laugh about this, Gunner. That older lady that spit in my mom's face and called her a nigger lover. She was standing in the same broke-ass mm-hmm. welfare line as us. Yeah. Like, what made you any better? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so um, I made peace with that when I was eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mixed race. Mm-hmm. I knew everyone's not going to like me. And, and this, this is real, real, real important. Uh, many people forget or don't know. I wasn't legally allowed to be born in this country until 1967. Mm-hmm. Like mixed race was illegal. Yeah. And 1967 is when, all right, fine. You know, so it's, um, I just look at humans Mm -hmm. uh, across the board. You know, this, we're, we're people first organization. Doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter to me who you voted for. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter to me what pronouns you use. Um, you know, a lot of people get offended by this. I don't care. Um, if a person is transgender, they still deserve to use the restroom in peace. Yeah. And, and, and it, because there's still a human, mm-hmm. regardless of what someone wants to say about their views, their thoughts, uh, there's still a human. Mm-hmm. And, and I always go back to this. You both know I'm a God guy. My kids go to private Christian school. And what's really helped me a lot is the story of Jesus and the prostitute. Mm-hmm. He didn't judge her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really big for me because I choose to do my best and, and not judge people. But in being fair, I choose to be fair because I would always hear life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Mm-hmm. But I can choose to be fair. Mm-hmm. And that's how I always uh, approach everything from just a, a fair, let me hear 
the other person's perspective before I shut it down. Mm-hmm. Now, you watch CNN. They've got their perspective. They'll spin the news they, the way they want to. You watch Fox News. They've got their perspective. They'll spin the same story the way mm-hmm. they want to. I'm fair, and I go, okay, wait a minute. You're both full of shit. <laughs> That's not what actually happened. You're mm-hmm. taking it to where it benefits your network, yeah. where I choose to make up my own mind, have my own opinion, not be led down a, a path of um, someone else's opinion that I've not thought through. Mm-hmm. And that that takes me right back to, okay, let's be fair about this. Mm-hmm. I love that. Were you able to always maintain that perspective or is that something that you grew into? I grew into it, but but I used to, I've always lived by this phrase. I don't as much anymore, but I would always say um, I didn't create the rules of society. I just learned how to make them work for me. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I did. Even if you go back to when, uh, Gunner, you know this, when I, I chose to change my name uh, from Javon to JT. My, my name's Javon Thomas McCormick, and I chose to go by JT because if JT called you, you know who that was. If JT emailed you, sent a resume, and you didn't know who that was. But if you saw Javon, I got judged because I had a quote-unquote ethnic name. And, and so the rules of society... Mm-hmm. were, okay, I can get ahead further if I edit myself and go by JT. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we go right back to this. Some people would make the argument, well, that's not fair. It shouldn't be that way. Hey, a whole lot of things aren't fair. A whole <laughs> lot of things shouldn't be yeah. a certain way. Yeah. But I did not create the rules. Mm-hmm. I always made the rules work for me. Now, as I've gotten older, as I've had a little bit of success... I've also realized uh, just what, what's that phrase? Uh, to whom much is given, much much is much expected. Didn't we talk yeah. about this? Yeah, the other we, day? we, we <laughs> talked about. I think this. I said that. And, yes, <laughs> and, I'm, I'm and, pretty sure Spider Man said that. <laughs> well, uh, Spider Man's dad said it, but it's also it in Mark. Uncle it's in Mark one. nineteen, like yeah. twenty three or something, something as well. Like yeah, I, I, yeah, I actually I thought it was in the Bible. <laughs> 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 and if it's not, it should be. Yeah, it is um, in the Bible. I read it a few days ago. <laughs> so so, I look at that and I say, okay, well. I became a CEO. I need to now, just because I edited myself because it wasn't fair or because that's what I had to do or society kind of dictated it or I chose to, uh, how do I make changes now that I'm in this the, the CEO chair to where a Martavius, a Laquanda, uh, a Ravante can have an opportunity to... Mm-hmm get into uh, corporate America, the business mm-hmm. world and, and succeed mm-hmm. and not be held back by, by their name. Yeah. Uh, what, what are some ways that you're trying to make those changes even right now? It, you know, reclaiming my name and going mm-hmm. by Javon is, is, yeah. is one of them. Step but one. the, the, the other thing is also is to, to teach what, what I've learned, you know, there, mm-hmm. the way I grew up, rapper, athlete, drug dealer yeah. for me, in my small view of the world, those were my options out of my situation. Mm-hmm. And I sucked at all three. So, so you know, <laughs> and, and so uh, 
No one, no one told me about the fourth option, mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, when I was 15, if you would have said entrepreneur to me, I would have thought you were speaking Spanish. Right. <laughs> and, and so uh, going back and teaching the, those lessons, hey, no one told us about this. No one told us about uh, business, investing. You know, many people don't know. You don't have to have a degree to be a, a certified financial planner. No. Mm-hmm. Many people don't don't know that. So teaching those lessons that uh, will help get someone out of those circumstances, letting them know what's available. Here, here gonna give me this for a second. Here, here's a great way. When when I spoke, there was like 250 CEOs in the room, and and everybody was had a successful business. And I said, look, we don't know what we don't know. Uh-huh. I said, how many people in this room? Uh, know how to perform brain surgery. Any neurosurgeons in here? Of course, no one raised their hand. How many people can build and launch a rocket? No one raised their hand. I said, see, we don't know what we don't know. Uh Unfortunately, in the lower economic communities, it's just a lot of shit we don't know. But it's our responsibility to go and teach those things. Mm -hmm. And so for me... That's areas of where, uh, when I volunteered for at the um, juvenile Texas Juvenile Justice Department, teaching kids how to shake hands, mm-hmm. how, how to shake someone's hand, look them in the eye, nice mm-hmm. to meet you, sir, to, to go in and ask for an application. Uh, excuse me, sir, uh, do you have any employment opportunities? I mean, mm-hmm. think about that. Who says that going into Burger King? Yeah, right. No mm-hmm. one. But but if you if the three of us walked yeah. in right now and said, "Excuse me, sir, do you have any employment opportunities?" We're getting hired before we leave <laughs> on the spot. Yeah. On the spot because mm-hmm. we said something different. Yeah. Um, attention to detail. I think I I have asked so many people. People have gone to Ivy League schools, Stanford, MIT. I go, did they teach? Attention to detail in college, you're like, no. <laughs> Where do you learn that lesson? I mean, for me, I learned it from Uncle Bobby. You know, yeah, yeah. we had to clean up the uh, Section 8 rental homes. <laughs> um, so shaking hands, attention to detail, uh, punctuality, be on time. Don't just be on time, be early. Mm-hmm. Be really early. And, and so those are little things that arguably, I've only got a GED that have helped me with more success in my career than any piece of paper because it says I have a bachelor's and went to mm-hmm. whatever school. Um, so, so g- going back to the, the, the need to teach those things. I mean, we grew up with, uh, you know, a financial advisor Plan, a literal and CFP. we very rarely <laughs> talked about anything financial. So it's just not something that's taught. How did you get into the business side of things and discover that you had an aptitude for it? Because you've built some amazing things. Uh, you know, th- this is the part where I feel that uh, the the blessings just came in a different mm-hmm. way. Uh, matter of fact, Tucker said this to me. He said one of the greatest things that ever happened to you is you never went to college. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and of course, I was like, that seems it's been a hindrance for me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I go, what? and keep in mind, he went to University of Chicago and Duke Law School. Yeah, so I'm thinking to, he went to college twice, right? Yeah. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And he said, here's why you never bought in to all the bullshit they teach you in college. Mm-hmm. And and that really hit home for me because, and, and I say this respectfully, it was going to sound disrespectful, if you are a Harvard business professor and you've never run a business or owned a business, you're teaching theory. Yeah, you know and what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's not a lot yeah. you really can teach me at this mm-hmm. point. And, and so... 
I look at it as I had to, because I am limited on English, biology, being able to read, I immersed myself in the thing that I fell in love with, which was business and investing. Mm-hmm. So that became what I consumed my, myself with. There wasn't a lot of options. I didn't know, wow, you could be a biologist, you could be an astronaut, you can be, you know, all these different things, all the different majors that you can go through in, in school. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got introduced to um, the stock market. I don't know, 1920, mm-hmm. or I was I was 19 or 20 years old, not in 1920. <laughs> I, was like, uh, I was I was 19 <laughs> or 20. Um, but here, here's something, uh, Gunner. It's not in the, the the book. When I was 12, 13 years old, I used to order magazines. This is this is back. I'm going to show my age on this one, guys. You you would be able to get a magazine, and it would say um, "Bill me later," and mm-hmm. then you you put this card in the mail. And they'd send you two, um, two magazines, two two months uh, of magazines, but then they figure out, okay, you're not going to pay, so they stop sending it to you. But I would right. at least get two, and I would play like I was the president of a company when I was 12, 13 <laughs> years old. I didn't even know what a CEO was. I didn't mm-hmm. even know that was a thing, mm-hmm. uh, probably until I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what a CEO was. Uh, so I've always liked business in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, and again, I was just blessed that that became the thing that I, I consume myself with. And you just get obsessed with it. Oh man. I, <laughs> Gunner knows I'll, I'll just go. He was on. telling me about the Disney trip. Oh, di- Disney. Can, can you just, man. can you just, I, I'll set it up and tell us about it. You, and I want to talk about relationships. So this is a good segue. You are a family man. You love your kids to death. You love your wife to death. You Aside from leading, again, our the Scribe Media, you, you lead me as far as what it looks like to be a loving husband and a caring father. You're amazing with your family. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, of Thank course. Thank you, sir. I mean it. And you took them all to Disney World recently yeah. and had a really fun time. Yep. And I just want to hear about how it went. Man, so so Disney as a company is one of my favorite companies. <laughs> okay. And uh, Bob Iger, who was the, the former... Uh, chairman and CEO of Disney is one of my favorite all-time publicly traded company CEOs. I say publicly traded because then you have places like you have people like John D. Rockefeller who mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you go back then. So, um, but Disney, Disney is a great um, Disney is a great measurement of the American society and the economy and class. If you go into Disney, you mm-hmm. you can see classism at Disney World, and of course, coming from a business perspective, that's how I'm going. I, I'm <laughs> going to see it. But but even start. So so here here's my thing, Gunner Man. You open the door. Um, <laughs> that's and, what I'm good at. So so, yeah. so think about this, Disney, and, and a lot of people at the the company have heard me go on this this rant. But so first and foremost. If you can't even afford to get into Disney, that's one level uh, mm-hmm. of economics in our society. But let's say you can't go to Disney. Okay, can you afford to fly or do you have to drive? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're at Disney. Yeah. Can you afford to stay on premise at Disney or do you have to stay off premise? Because 
it's expensive to stay on, on Disney <laughs> Disney premises. Then when you're there, can you stay at the hotels that have the monorail that connect everything? Or do you have to stay in a different hotel? So that there you have levels there. Now we get into Disney. Can you afford to go to all the parks? Or are you limited to the parks that you can go to? When you're in Disney, can you afford to eat at the restaurants or did you have to bring your food with you? Can you afford to privately see the princesses, the characters, and, and, and go to the uh, expensive character lunches and dinners? Or do you have to stand in that outside line for 45 minutes to wait to get your uh, picture for free with, with the character? Uh, so there's just so many different levels to, to Disney World. Do you have to stand in the two hour and 45 minute <laughs> line? Or do you have Fast Pass or what's, mm -hmm. I guess, Lightning now? Or do you have a private tour? Mm -hmm. Ah, so, so <laughs> that, I mean, there's levels to, mm -hmm. to, to Disney World and it all comes down to economics. Mm -hmm. Where where are you on the, the economic ladder? When I take my kids into the souvenir shop and you hear, this is really where it, it hit me two years ago. Uh, 2019, so what, three three years ago, we took, my, my daughter's eight, she's been to Disney World three times. <laughs> I was 46 before the first time I got to go. Uh, but the, the first, we went, and my daughter, uh, she got to go to Bippity Boppity. Mm -hmm. And this is where it hit me, uh, the classism of Disney. It's broken down into sections. Over here, this might be the $50 section of the, the dress and the, the tiara and everything mm -hmm. that you can afford. This might be the $100. And over here is the $250 section. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter's in there and she's like, oh, daddy, I want this one. And of course, it's the $250 version. <laughs> and I hear this other little girl. She's like, mommy, I want this one. And you hear the mom. We can't afford that. And so you're watching as it's taking place. Mm -hmm. One child is getting the $250. The other one can't afford it, has to go over now. Both are there, mm -hmm. but where do you fall? Mm -hmm. Economically, where, where do you fall? My, my wife asked me this when we were there. We did the private tour. So you're walking right past everybody. Mm -hmm. And my all, wife... All the peasants. <laughs> and what, well, and here's, here's right. what's funny. Uh, again, took me 46 years to get there. And, and, yeah. and, and I do not run from this, man. I've eaten out of trash cans. I've slept on bus stops and been homeless. Mm -hmm. So my wife asked me, she said, do you feel bad uh, for... Uh, we were walking by someone and she goes, Oh, do you feel bad that we just walked by that, that family or I go, Nope. <laughs> and, and, and she goes, why not? I go, one took me 46 years to get here. Mm -hmm. I said, and two, my belief, at least in my head is maybe that kid watches us walk by and he mm -hmm. says to himself or herself, I'm going to do that one day. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause do you believe that anyone, if they do it right or follow, follow the right plan, Make the right investments, work as hard as they can. They can get to where you are somehow, some way. Man, I've had so many people challenge me mm -hmm. on this. Um, over the last three years, pe people have always said, okay, yeah, you're, you're special. You just have a different gift. Man, for 45, 47 years, I never believed that. Mm-hmm. 
and and I've slowly come around to okay, maybe I do just see things different. Or mm-hmm. but the but the one thing that I I the one thing that really bothers me about this country right now, and again, I love this country, never leaving. Mm-hmm. We have shortcomings, we we have flaws, but I love this country. Um, there's a difference between the the country and society. What I don't like about society right now is people always want to blame somebody for something. Sure. You know, okay, my dad was a pimp. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he was he wasn't around. My my mom shouldn't have had me. Um, I don't know where my last name comes from. Man, I'm not going to make excuses. Mm-hmm. What's what's the what? What are the rules? Yeah. Just just like this, I hated this video. Uh, um, oh, I hated this video. There was a video. They had these kids lined up on what looked like a soccer field. Oh yeah. And, and they yeah. said, if you come from a two parent home, Step take forward. two yeah, steps yeah. forward or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. If you if both your parents went to college, da da da. da. Mm-hmm. And, and so at the end. You had several of the white kids that were way out on the field. Mm-hmm. And what was so sad to me, and maybe because I would have been one of those kids, they turned the camera around and you had these minority kids still standing on the line because they didn't have any of those things. Why that bothered me is because, in my opinion, you may be showing what the truth is, but at the same time, in my opinion, you're also uh, defeating that person, and they, oh well, see they they got to start way up there, and then oh, sure. and, and so because for me, my mentality is this: if I was standing on that line, and that other kid was forty yards in front of me, my mentality is okay. You're starting forty y- yards ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to walk your ass down like a cheetah on the Serengeti. Oh, but I'm go. coming. I'm going to catch you. Absolutely. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me, can everyone do what I have done? Maybe not. Can everyone be a neurosurgeon? Probably not. Um, so maybe they can't. But we all have a choice. Mm-hmm. We all have a choice. Mm-hmm. I can choose to look at life as... It happened to me. Oh, it's not my fault. Yeah. Or I can choose to say, okay, yeah, that shit happened. Mm-hmm. But what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Right. Take so, that grit. Right. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I still, I right. still yeah. struggle to say no. Everyone can't do do what I did. <laughs> well, but, we're not asking to have a final right. answer. Yeah, it's, it's a genuinely curious it's, question. Uh, well, it's a huge experiment on passion and nurture and nature. It does bring up something I'm curious about. Um, partially, uh, you know, maybe I want to start my own family someday. How do you ensure that your children have some kind of that same drive and grit that you have, knowing that they have every advantage? So they're the kids now starting it, you know, by, if you're using your video analogy. They're the ones yeah. all the way ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, two things on that, man. Um, so my kids, they, they, I've got four, uh, eight, yeah. six, four, and three. Mm-hmm. And they live in a gated community. They go to private Christian school. 
They get to do private tours at Disney. Did you but, ever um, think you would say any of this? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I'm still happy yeah, I yeah. get to do it. I'm, <laughs> say, I'm looking at you like part of that private tour is for you. It's yes. like, it's like, dude, I, I don't want to wait in line. No, and I can, oh. like, I've never been to Disney. This I used to wait me. in line for right. welfare. I'm not going to wait in line it, for Disney. Man, right. Hey, Gunner, yeah. you yeah. nailed it, man. I had to wait for the bus yeah. because my mom didn't even learn how to drive until she was 35, let alone being able to afford a car. Mm-hmm. We had to wait for the welfare. Mm-hmm. We had to wait uh, for the laundromat mm-hmm. to, to wash her clothes. So, so I, man, I hate waiting so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, if, if Walgreens had valet parking, I'd do it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. loathe waiting. Um, so your question, my, my, my kids. Mm-hmm. One and we, we don't even have to be your kids per se. Just no, I, general, I'll directly yeah, yeah. go go with mine because they. I, I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter will ask, "Are we staying at the JW or are we staying at the regular Marriott?" Like she knows the what difference. A yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, matter of fact, Gunner, I don't know if you remember when we put put this on Slack. So my daughter's flown for first class. We've mm-hmm. flown first class of, as a family. We were flying JetBlue one time, mm-hmm. and she said, uh, are we flying first class? <laughs> and I said, JetBlue doesn't have a, a first class. Mm-hmm. She, so she, she looked, and she goes, so are we last class? And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, getting burned by my daughter. Yeah. Okay, let's go. And, and so I've, I've had many a conversation with my wife mm-hmm. on this. How do you learn to appreciate something if you've always had it mm-hmm. why why do i appreciate private tour disney because mm-hmm. i had to wait in line for everything why do why do i appreciate uh being able to have my clothes custom made because i had holes in my shoes when i was a kid and i had to wear shoes when they didn't even fit anymore mm-hmm. so uh but my kids they don't come from that arena right you know they have a pantry full of food mm-hmm. You know, I remember even my wife. Oh, it's a funny story. My wife's going to hate that I told this story. <laughs> um, when I first met my wife, I was like, yeah, I grew up, you know, really poor. U- U.S. poor. And I'm always very specific. I grew, grew up United States poor. Because poor outside this country, that's right. a whole different poor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I grew up I, I grew up poor in this country. And my wife goes, oh, I grew up poor too. And I was like, oh. Hey, oh. Do, do tell. <laughs> and, and, and she goes, yeah, we didn't have... Uh, furniture in our formal living room, and I go, okay, pause. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's back up a involved. second because the words poor and formal right. don't even go don't together. Really, okay, yeah. um, and again, f- she was implying there is another living room that did exactly. Right. I go, that's saying that you had another living space, <laughs> and, and so and it yeah. also implies that that one was furnished, so <laughs> right. and that you were in a house with multiple rooms in it. Right. Yes. So so we we got real clear on the definition of, of poor. <laughs> but my kids, to, mm-hmm. to your point, here's how I've decided to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to show my kids everything I possibly can yeah. and what financially can be achieved. Mm-hmm. When their time comes, it is going to be up to them. Mm-hmm. To go achieve that. Mm-hmm. But one of my, if if not my number one rule as a parent, obviously I want them to always know they're loved. I'm, I'm proud of them. Even if they make mistakes, I'm proud of them. Matter of fact, we say that every night. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you if, even if I make mistakes. Okay, good. Um, but 
I also never want there to be a door that they say, oh, I wish someone would have told me that. Mm-hmm. I want my kids to be able to say, damn, dad told us that was going to happen. <laughs> and, and so that way, hey, you knew. You knew. You yeah. ne- you're never going to be in a position where you didn't know. Yeah. And and why that's important to me, man, there were so many things I just didn't know that, yeah. that there was no one to teach me. No one mm-hmm. told me. Uh, so I want my I, I look at this as, OK, yes, you've stayed at the presidential suite at JW. You know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. One day, if you want that, you want to take your family there. Here, I'm also going to show you what it takes to have to get that. Mm-hmm, I'm going to show you what that bill looks like. Yeah. Um, so that's been my approach mm-hmm. because I've struggled for years. Like, how do you, how do I give them everything? But right. Teach but them to teach appreciate them, but it. But also teach them everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's just been my approach. Okay, this is how I'm going to look at it. And God willing, uh, my, my eight-year-old right now, she swears she wants to be an obstetrician. Cool. Could change between now, you know. Sure. Uh, but... Um, if my daughter, by the grace of God, got into Harvard Medical School, mm-hmm. I'll pay every dime. She'll graduate, no student loans. But when you graduate, See you. all the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the same as our dad. You say exactly yeah, as our dad. Yeah, and we're keep thankful riding to have, this party. We were yeah. very thankful to even have Absolutely. up through college because a lot oh, of people 100%. don't right. even have that. Yeah. So, so yes, that, that's how I've uh, approached it to try to teach them uh, different aspects. I, I don't share this a lot, but I do feel it's important, especially for people with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you also have to model what it looks like to, to give back. Mm-hmm. Right. So on Christmas Eve each year, before the next day comes and they're just loaded with way too much stuff, <laughs> uh, we take our kids out to... And this is a lot to do for for me as well because mm-hmm. that time period where I lived in a in an hourly rate motel, um, we go out to Super Eight Motel mm-hmm. Six, the the motels that you can get in yeah. from the outside, yeah, where and you see the cleaning the cart highway. out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we'll take our kids and we'll go and give a hundred dollars to cleaning ladies mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas Eve. And, and I want them to see. And a lot of times what's crazy is you go up there and these cleaning ladies have uh, their children with, with them, them. Mm-hmm. because school's not in. Yeah. It's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And so they're in there cleaning these rooms as well. And so I want my, my kids to see uh, you. You all live very yeah. different. Mm-hmm. And so to your to your credit, and to your point, And I just want to illustrate the effectiveness of that. Um, I will never forget. And I won't say exactly what it was because I, I don't think it that he would want it to be public knowledge, but I will never forget the Christmas that my dad, uh, you know, grabbed me, put me in the truck and we drove over to a part of town and he and a couple of the other deacons at church had pitched in and gotten this, this family, a brand new pickup truck. Uh, and he was like, sit in the car. Like, I just want you to watch and, and, you know, take this in. And I saw a family's future change in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I have never forgotten that. Yeah. And, and that is now part of the story that I tell myself that I want to be able to do that and give back in that way. So I think, you know, the way that you're doing that and where you're going about it, I can only speak for myself, but I think it's very effective. Thank you, sir. Yeah, very, absolutely. very effective. And, and Javon, you're, you're obviously a deeply relational person. 
We're gonna get some modern leadership soon. This is what I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you got a book to plug. We'll get this. Well, hey, you, you already knew. You're you're gonna I go on to, the podcast yeah, yeah. where you talk about the normal stuff. Look, we're just <laughs> warming you up. You know? I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you are a very relational person and a very loving person, a very caring person. But and you've mentioned very intentional. Yes, which I appreciate. You've mentioned even in your first book, I got there having some relational issues, especially with women before you met your oh, wife. Man. And I, to details you're willing to give, I don't want you to share oh, yeah. anything you don't want to share. Just what did turbulent relationships or, or, or relational struggle look like for you before you yeah. had your wife and your family and you were CEO? Man, I'll, I'll put the details uh, out there. I, I was horrible. Mm-hmm. Could disrespectful. That's a nice way of putting it. Man, I was a monster, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't blame anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what I came from. I, I had never seen what a healthy relationship looked yeah. like. Yeah. You know, I, I saw my dad yelling at prostitutes to get their ass back out there yeah. and get his money. And so I, I saw that. I never really saw my mom respected by men. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so I got in relationships. And I just didn't know how to act. Yeah. I, I don't bl- I blame myself. Yeah. You know, if I can teach myself how to make money in the stock market, you damn you need to teach yourself how to uh, conduct yourself in a relationship. But yeah, I, I was a monster. I was disrespectful. I was vers- verbally abusive. Uh, I man enough to admit there were times I was physically uh, uh, abusive. Um, yeah, it sucked, man. Mm-hmm. I could could not hold a, a relationship. It, it's funny. I don't have a lot of regrets in life. Because I feel like you learn from your mistakes, but I do have remorse. I am very remorseful for how I conducted myself in in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside of that, man, I don't really have remorse for anything. Yeah. What was it that started the transition from unhealthy relationships to learning what healthy modeling looked like? Uh, more mistakes. Oh. Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, um, when, when here, here was the thing: the goal for me was always to make money. Mm-hmm. I made money, then went broke, and then I realized, oh, wow, you made a lot of money. You still had a crappy character. Mm-hmm. You went broke, and you still have a crappy character. Yeah. And I was like, okay, money didn't change the character. So, <laughs> um, okay, we got to get this character thing yeah. figured out. Yeah. Um, and, and then another struggle for me, man, and, and, and I, again, I don't put this on anyone. Um, here's something that's very interesting. Someone wrote a review about my book on Amazon mm-hmm. and the review says, uh, while anecdotes of this story may be true, the majority of it is not for anyone who knows the author. They know what I'm talking about. Five, six years ago, oh, that would piss me off. Mm-hmm. But when I read it, I had to be honest with myself, whoever wrote that, that was the truth because mm-hmm. I didn't, whoever wrote that, I promise you, did not know my dad had 23 kids, mm-hmm. did not know my dad was was a, a, a pimp, Yeah. did not know that I was in and out of juvenile, don't know where my last name, so they didn't really know me. Yeah. So whoever wrote that knew the version that of whatever were. I presented mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. That was always a struggle as well in relationships because here I am in this relationship and I'm not 100% honest going into it. You mm-hmm. don't know who I am. You don't know my background uh, for fear that you may not accept me. Um, Gunner, I don't know if you, you remember this. It was just um, 
right before I met my wife. So I've been with my wife 10 years now. But right before I met my wife, a very prominent business owner here in Austin, we were dating. And she, we were on a call one day. We're, we're on the phone. And she says to me, hey, I, I got to tell you something. And she goes, oh, I'm in love with you. I was like, oh, okay. Crappy response, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, oh, but, oh, but, cool. yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Maybe. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she followed it up with, she goes, but we can't stay together. I was like, well, that's an odd follow that's up. A weird. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, my like, response yeah. might have sucked, but this right. is a weird. Right. Yours is worse. <laughs> yeah. And she said, because my family will never accept you. Two days prior, we, we had just never talked about it. She didn't know I was mixed race. Mm. She didn't know I was half white, half black. Mm. She thought I was Italian, Middle, Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. Mexican, uh, anything but black. Mm-hmm. When she found out I was half black, she said, my family would never accept you. And so, of course, I, I was used to it, so it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Yeah. It, it kind of sucked, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I actually felt very bad for her because, yeah. wow, you're going to live the rest of your life having to try to find someone that your family will, will accept mm-hmm. just based on their, their race and, and nationality. Yeah. Um, but that that I, I walked around for years, even prior to that, where... People didn't always know what I was, and that that there was a struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. so many people thought I had a degree. So many people thought I had an MBA just because I I would always talk about business. Mm-hmm. So everyone just thought, you know, where where'd you get your MBA from? <laughs> um, <laughs> so so uh, yeah, that was a struggle in relationships. So there was times uh, for me, it was just I was angry at myself. I was angry at my circumstances. I was angry at the position I put myself in to where I really like this person. But if I tell them all of my background, are they still going to like me? Mm-hmm. And so I was always battling with that. And just like I said, I, and more importantly, didn't know what a healthy relationship even looked like. Yeah. So what's it like to now have a healthy relationship? Oh man, you, you, you said at the beginning, like, um, my life was so chaotic growing up. Most people would look at my life and maybe call it mundane or boring. Mm. Man, I love knowing I'm coming home to the same woman every day, same house, mm-hmm. same bed, children, chaos, love, mm-hmm. laughter. Everyone's healthy. Um, I, I love consistency, routine structure, organization, because they're all the things I grew up with without, mm-hmm. you know, you never knew if you were going to be evicted. You never knew if you're going to be hungry. You never, you know, it was all just chaos all the time. Uh, the chaos I have now is okay. My, my son's running around butt naked. He just went outside. Okay. I can, I, I can live <laughs> cool. with that one. Right. Do yeah. your thing, Jace. Um, but live your truth. Yeah, exactly, man. Go jump <laughs> on the trampoline, man. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it's very rewarding, mm-hmm. very therapeutic, mm-hmm. even if you will. Because mm-hmm. say, hey, here's who I am. That's <laughs> well, what you, you get. You that's... now built the thing that you need. Yeah. And that's that's a beautiful thing. Oh man. It's it's lovely. <laughs> you know, it's it's so I, I've said this before. 
if I had to go back to my childhood, I'm talking the the sexual molestation, the time in juvenile prison, the times where I stood in the window waiting on my dad to show up, mm-hmm. when I was homeless. Man, give it. I would do my childhood five more times if you told me I was going to be where I am right now. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, sign me up for five more tour of tour of duty to yeah, to yeah. that childhood because so awesome. this. I mean, taking your kids to Disney World, uh, you know, beautiful home, family, uh, consistency, structure. GameStop money, yeah, yeah, but money <laughs> investing. It's uh. But you know, at, at the same time, man, you know, um, I, I won't tell, I won't run from it. A lot of hours of work put in oh, to, yeah. to this, say, man. Didn't come. Yeah, easy. it didn't no. just fall in your lap. No. Um, now you mentioned you mentioned that you had a a flawed character and you lost everything, hmm? and you had to first fix the character to rebuild. And I'm curious what it was like stripping away these these masks that you had made so that other people would think you were a certain way and taking the mask off and saying, no, this is who I am and rebuilding from there. Is it a process? Are you still, are you still in yeah, some it's, it's a that? process because I, I went on to have a couple more relationships and they sucked yeah. and they was because of me. Uh, <laughs> but, and, 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 and so it, it was definitely a process of, of learning uh, to, to be, be okay with with myself. Yeah. Uh, e- even success in business, it took a while for me to really. Okay, damn, I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, I kind of know yeah. a few things. Kind of like, right. Stuff. Wow. Okay. Um. This is uh, yeah. it's not not as scary as I thought. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it, it 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 took time, but the big thing is being willing to to look at yourself and and own that. Yeah. And 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 own the mistakes. Gunner, you know this. You know, at, at the office, we teach, coach, and mentor. We don't train. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you train a dog, you train a horse, you train your body. Um, we teach, coach, and mentor. And for me, the great majority of my teaching and coaching comes by way of the mistakes I've made throughout my career. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, I share my mistakes. I, I think our society, no, I know our society is so full of shit. We, we will say we learn the most from our mistakes. Everyone's heard that. But mm-hmm. no one shares mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. What's, they, the most they colos- sure What's the most colossal mistake you've made in the past 10 years? Ooh, last 10 years? Um, yeah, I've been pretty good last 10 years. You know, I met, met my wife. Uh, batting a thousand over here. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you know it, it would probably be... I made some mistakes when I was uh, first time president at the software company. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, a definitely imposter syndrome going on For over sure, there. Sure. I mean, I'm president yeah. of a software company, I don't write code. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I remember a couple of the the software engineers. One one gentleman had two master's degrees. I'm like, well, one wasn't good enough. <laughs> like, like, and and so, um, made some mistakes uh, over there. Um, But 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 even then, it was a mistake in in business. You know more. I'm not going to say I've been mistake free over the ten years, but 
I really did my best to to mm-hmm. e- even if I made a mistake to own it, speak it out sure. loud immediately, share it yeah. immediately. Right, right. So, so I, I guess why I'm struggling on that is, um, mistakes for me, just just me personally. Um, those were mistakes I didn't want you to know about. Sure, yeah. you know these mm-hmm. now. At the last ten years, I was fine telling you about yeah. them. You know, um, they, so they, what's they don't the, feel like mistakes yeah. as much. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. they feel like learning lessons. They're like, okay, hey, right. you know, I, I I made some mistakes. First time president of a, a software company. Okay, not going to do that again. Well, yeah. that's a huge mindset shift to be able to say, okay, this this did not go the way I wanted it to, but it's really easy, I think, to fall into beating yourself up. Um, going in that spiral of, oh, well, I can't do anything. I've never, I don't know code. I don't know how to do this. Rather, you took it as, okay, I won't do that again. Yeah. And moving forward. Mm-hmm. I've, it can be so hard to just move forward from that. So what, maybe what was the mistake that led you to knowing or internalizing how to just move forward from them? The mistakes I grew up watching mm. were... Some could even argue that they weren't actually mistakes. They were just some wrong things that were going sure. on. You know, my dad putting women on a street corner, uh, drug addicts, mm-hmm. people going to prison. Like those, those were, I saw things that were sometimes not reversible. Yeah. You know, you murdered someone. That was it. You can't reverse that one. Yeah. Someone just died. Yeah. What I've learned is, and if you notice, I go back to my kids. Mm-hmm. Daddy loves you no matter what, even if I make mistakes. I can fix mistakes. Yeah. Dad, I burned the school down. Oh, damn. Okay. So how much is it going to cost to rebuild it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> so, so I can sure. um, I can guide, yeah. teach, coach, mentor my kids through mistakes. Mistakes you can recover from. I grew up watching things that sometimes people did not recover. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up around heroin addicts and crackheads where I, I don't know if I can share this, man. One of the, the just images that are burned in, in my head that was so sad. I'll never forget it. Uh, walking and I walked past, uh, I was walking past an alley mm-hmm. and there was a lady with her two year old child on her knees performing oral sex on someone, but but she was a drug addict. Yeah. And and when you see the levels that you will allow yourself to go with drugs, mm-hmm. some of that shit's just not reversible. Mm-hmm. And, and and by the grace of God, you know, again, I always look at things yeah. from a positive standpoint. Mm-hmm. So here was most people say, Oh my God, I can't believe he was raising that. I see it as a positive because here's the thing, I've never done a drug. Right. Yeah. Because I've I've seen what heroin addicts look yeah. like and, I'm and sure what you've never they'll had do. The desire, to. no, yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. because drugs are just oh man, um, the, the the destruction yeah. that that comes with it. Uh, my wife laughs at me because I said I always tell her a crackhead is a crackhead is a crackhead. <laughs> and, 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 and she goes and there's so many I, I wish I didn't like, understand oh, that as well as I do yeah. but I right, do. Right, uh, so, so here, here's and, and what I mean by that is if uh, we'll, we'll use Austin because we're, sure. we're here in Austin okay yeah, yeah. so if you live in Westlake mm-hmm. the most affluent neighborhood in, in, in Austin and you are addicted to opioids mm-hmm. that the doctor prescribes to you yeah. 
You're a crackhead. Yes, mm-hmm. you are. I don't care that you live in an 18,000 square foot house and you make millions of dollars. You're a crackhead. Mm-hmm. The, the, the economics and where you live do not insulate you yeah. from being a crackhead. Mm-hmm. Drug-seeking behavior is yeah, drug Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so it's funny because so many people feel that because the doctor prescribed right. them and I live in this mm-hmm. uh, affluent area and, and I'm wealthy and, and, and no, no, no. You're a crackhead. Crack crack <laughs> I feel like you could use this the same neighborhood, same example. If it's five glasses of wine or not, yeah. you know, if it, you're an alcoholic, you're like sure. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're on the street outside of Vulcan Gas Company on Sixth Street or if yep. you're in Westlake. And, and it's 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 interesting, Gunner, because some, not all, some of those people are the most judgmental of other people, mm-hmm. just because their zip code is different, yep. right? Some about glass houses at this point. Uh, right? man, I mean, I, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, so yeah. to me, a crackhead is a crackhead is a crackhead. Mm-hmm. And and I've watched just the destruction of of drugs. So yeah, I've never yeah. I've never done any drugs. I drank once when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. first and last time. Uh, wow. I, I don't gamble. Sure. Uh, I don't I don't do any drugs. I don't smoke. Uh, my Vice, if you will, and I always the the Lord and I always battle on this one. Man, I'll sure. use foul language. Oh yeah, yeah I'm, 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 uh, that's okay. That's a but there's also yeah, a the, level of all the th- sure. of, of all the things you could do. Like contextually, a, a nice a nicely laid out curse word can really just yeah. it drives the, the point. Can drive the yeah, point home. exactly. You know what, what's interesting, Gunner, is like I I don't curse around my children, mm-hmm. which which is interesting. But man, you get me at the office. Oh, just the. the <laughs> The sure. things like I don't know, like I store it up and then you know. maybe, that's all, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, it, and it does depend on the situation. We cussing, I try not to cuss right. at home with my wife, like at home with my wife. Right. But if we're yeah. out to dinner in public, I'll I'll cuss in front of my wife. Like, yeah, it just depends on the situation. You you nailed it. Like like um, I, I say this to to my wife all the time. Um, she'll say, "Oh well, they're going to think such and such about us." And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so you need that. Yes, you need the because it survives the point way. of how much I truly don't Just give don't a care. fuck. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's that. That's that's my advice. And we, we we have mentioned a couple of societal issues mm-hmm. and struggles in society. You've got a new book coming out. Yep. In a couple months, Modern Leader, your first book. I got there. Still on Amazon. Wonderful book. That's a memoir. That's yeah. your story. What made you decide to write another book in general, but especially a book about leadership, especially at a publishing company where, frankly, we publish a leadership book twice a week. So, <laughs> right. what made you decide to go this route? Um, straightforward. I really wasn't the person that decided <laughs> uh, because you you know this from working with me. My philosophies, beliefs are different than mm-hmm. than most. I, I don't believe there's one way of leadership, mm-hmm. but mine is obviously very different. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all about people first, and if you're in leadership, your role is to serve and support, and it's all the little things that we do different that. Mm-hmm. Lend itself to that, like Gunner. You know this. Uh, no one works for me. Mm-hmm. People work with me. I'm no one's boss. 
I'm, you know, Gunner's yeah. equally as important to the organization yeah. as Megan's I am. Megan's your so boss, forth. but other than that. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just the way business can be done in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it could be in a way that puts people first. How do you open your doors to people who may not have an opportunity to even interview mm-hmm. you know and and, and i it, as, as i do with so many things i'll just say what other people won't say mm-hmm. you know the the fact of the matter is and I'll, I'll say this out loud if you went to harvard then you got your master's from harvard and then you went to medical school at harvard but at the top of your resume it says martavius jenkins you may never get the interview just because the name at the top of the resume said that they made, they're not even going to make it down to Harvard because they saw Martavius Jenkins and that sucks. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I'll I'll say those things out loud. How do you do it different? How do you, uh, again, put people first people process profits and with those profits, how do you give back to the communities that you, you live in and, and work in? But it all starts with, with people. So many companies, I, I've had people literally debate with me. They'll say, nope, you got to build great process first, then it's people. So I got two arguments for that. One, you can have a flawless process. If you put bad people in a flawless process, they're going to wreck your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... But here's the other part. And it and, and just when people, I, I don't think they listen to themselves. Nope. You got to build good process first. Okay. Who's building the process? People. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we're right back to mm-hmm. great people can build great process, make great profits as a bonus, do great things for the communities that we live and work in. And that's kind of the whole conceit of, of your leadership style. Oh, to, uh, totally. Yeah. Uh, again, e- e- even this, most companies will say, "Hey, Gunner, who's your uh, who do you report to?" At at Scribe, we don't have direct reports; mm-hmm. we have direct supports. If okay. you are in leadership, your role is to support and serve those people that you are leading. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is your role. If you're in leadership, serve and support. So many people will get manager after their title, VP after their 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 name, um, and something clicks in their head that they become a dictator. And no, if you are in leadership, yeah. your role is to serve and support, and and that's it's it's so simple. But for so many people, it's it's a hard concept to grasp. Mm-hmm. Here, here's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. Gunner. You weren't there yet at, at the company. Um, I kept hearing everyone say low-level task. Oh, we need to hire somebody in. That's a, that's a low-level task. Someone needs to take care of that. That's a low-level task. And then finally, I got fed up one day, and it was a find-a-way food Friday. Nice. Pulled everybody together, and I go, okay, someone please explain to me, what the hell is this low-level task you speak of? I said, how many people in here have seen me take out the trash? A couple people raised their hand. Clean out the storage closet. Okay, I said, those of you who have gone to conferences with me, you have seen me in a suit ironing the uh, booth cloth. Mm. And they're like, yeah. I said, so someone explain to me what a low-level task is. And I said, there's no such thing. 
There's just tasks, duties, and responsibilities. Period. Mm-hmm. But here's the big problem. If you refer to someone's responsibility as low level, uh-huh. how dare you turn around and expect them to perform at the highest level? <laughs> Think about that. We want we want maximum output from people, but you just told them their responsibility is low level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And why do you think so many... Because it feels very real that the way you lead is unique and is special, but it also feels so doable for for other business leaders, other business owners. Why are so many businesses whiffing on putting people first? Uh, I, I, I will say this. My, my opinion, again, leaders, <laughs> there's no... Everything set, Javon has set, said today is truth, fact. It's, it's just, it, uh, it, it, it is. I will say this. It's truth for me. Yeah, I, I believe it's why I do it. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people that disagree with you. That takes us back to, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) So You don't strike me as somebody who does things I don't believe in. No, no. um, Why do I feel that companies don't do it? Um, For some, it's unsafe. Mm -hmm. For others, it falls outside the playbook. Mm. Matter of fact, uh, even even with this book, it's a, this, this book is not a playbook because leadership is not a game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And so, it doesn't fall within the wash, rinse, repeat, safe playbook mm-hmm. that we've operated for yeah. so long. Mm-hmm. And that's uncomfortable for for a lot of people. And, and that's why I feel like many people don't adopt the, the practices, the thoughts uh, that, you know, it, it takes, in my opinion, to, to build a great uh, organization that puts people first. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I've been curious before, so I'll ask it now that we're on air, I guess. Um, <laughs> is your leadership style ever influenced by, you sort of saw the opposite example of what leadership looks like growing up, you know, your dad putting himself first, leaving you, going to England, having 23 kids, only looking out for himself, and now here you are in leadership positions looking out for everybody else. Has Did that play a role in influencing the way you lead? I, I wouldn't say it was just my dad. It was also society. I saw how people treated my mom. Mm-hmm. I saw how people treated us mm-hmm. just because I was mixed race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was truly from, you know, like, like this. Um, again, I'm a God guy. God first. Kids go to private Christian school. I, I believe in gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and like some people are like, how <laughs> that, that can't, that, that can't be. And, yeah. and, and, there's there's multiple reasons why um, one because it's hard enough to find one person to love in this world, uh, but two, my mom back in maybe the late '80s, early '90s, it was very controversial for gays to adopt kids, mm-hmm. and my mom grew up in an institutional orphanage. I mean, where they were beat, neglected, abused, and I remember my mom saying to me, I was I don't know 17, 18 years old. And we were we were watching this, and, and she said, you know what? I would have given anything for a gay couple to have adopted me out of that, that hellhole. Mm-hmm. She said, I would go to bed at night. No one would say I love you. No one would say I was proud of you. No, On my birthday, no one said happy birthday. Uh, on Christmas, she said, we got an orange and an apple mm-hmm. there for Christmas. She said, in, in, in the orphanage... They were only allowed to use three squares of single ply toilet paper to use the restroom. 
And she said, so when I look at that, she goes, two men, two women, doesn't matter. I would have loved for two men at night to put me to bed and say, I love you. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. Two women to put me to bed at night and say, we love you. Mm -hmm. And that really changed my view that a lot. Well, it didn't change my view. It established my view because I didn't have a view. Um, That coupled with, I saw how we were treated. Mm -hmm. And and that, that goes back to the accepting of, of people. I made the joke the other day, Gunner, um, you know, using pronouns has become very popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, I don't use pronouns. And somebody was like, what? And they thought I was being offensive. I said, well, one, first and foremost, because I don't even know what a pronoun is. <laughs> <laughs> I go, just academically, sure. educational, I don't know what a pronoun is. I go, but two, I'm not going to use a pronoun to describe someone. If you're human... That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to respect you because you're human. Mm-hmm. That's it. Transgender, gay, um, I, and I, I'm not being uh, offensive when I say this, but uh, pansexual, all, all the different things out there that, mm-hmm. that I don't know, you're, you're human, mm-hmm. and I'm going to respect you as such. Yeah. I period. mean, in a way, you're, you're speaking more lovingly because you're saying the person, Matt, you love the person, they matter to you. Before you even know what they're, pro- mm-hmm. they're human. That's the right. part that matters. Right. The pronoun piece, pronoun doesn't does, matter. Does not dictate your human whether you beginning care about end of them. story. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're who'd you vote for? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, transgender. I don't care. Yeah, are you human? Are you respectful to other mm-hmm. people? Are you yeah. kind? Okay, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. And what with the book coming out in a couple of months for modern leadership, what are what are you wanting to happen as far as when the book comes out? Do you want it to change lives? Do you want it to change business? Do you want it to grow your business? Just what do you want to happen with the book coming out? You know, there, there's, unlike a lot of our authors, I'm not really into selling millions of copies. Yeah. Uh, it, for, for me, it would be showing people a different way that, that leadership can be approached. Mm-hmm. Business can be... Uh, done yeah and that that really is the 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 end state uh, of the goal where um you know peter bill and jeff aren't the only people that get to come into the the boardroom mm-hmm. i i personally feel that we are missing massive opportunities by not opening the doors and allowing others in the in the boardroom or mm-hmm. the executive meetings, and and look at me for for instance, I ju- I see business different, but I grew up different. Mm-hmm. So think of the perspectives we're yeah. missing out on. And, and, and I'll dive in into to this one. I said um, I said to someone, oh, I, this is my my favorite. I I, I said um, pharmaceutical reps are legalized drug deal. And they were like, what? I go, every drug dealer in America knows that the first rule is, hey, the first sample is free. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we know if you do this sample, you're going to get hooked and you're going to be coming back and you're going to want to catch it. Every street kid, drug dealer, everyone knows that rule. Give Gunner a sample. He'll be back. Mm -hmm. First one's free on me. You'll be back. 
what do pharmaceutical reps do for a living? They pass out free samples. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's what's crazy where, where I offended someone. I said, think about this. Imagine if I went up to 18, 19 year old kid that's out there on the corner, sun up, sundown, hustling, nickel and dime drug dealer. And I said to this kid, hey, what if I told you you could pass out free samples and we'll give you a company car and American Express, American Express expense account. You can take people to lunches and dinners. And if you're really good at the end of the year, we'll give you this really nice glass plaque and we'll give you a big bonus. Mm-hmm. They're like, and it's all legal. It's all right. legal. Yeah. It's called a pharmaceutical rep. Yeah. Same shit you're doing here, but on the legal side. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, why do I have that perspective? Because as a kid, my dad taught me that the only difference between him and the CEO of Budweiser was the government chose to make the CEO of Budweiser's drug legal. Mm-hmm. And he taught me the lesson that, hey, prohibition was illegal in this country at one point, too. Mm-hmm. We just chose to say, I want to make that legal we'll now. I'll be damned. Here I am. In my, it just happened in my 40s. What did we start doing? We started making marijuana legal. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't we kind of like let a lot of people out of prison <laughs> right yeah, now? <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. But you know, it's um. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Y'all keep talking. It's just <laughs> I, I, I got you know different perspectives. You need to have your wife train your bladder better. I know. <laughs> Jenny, get on it. Uh, I have a, a maybe an odd question, yeah. but um, you have successfully built some businesses, and um, every Tuesday I go to a kind of like a small business group meeting with some friends, and they're all young guys trying to start their own thing. Uh, Gunner and I are trying to build this out bigger. What advice, if any, would you have to anybody, any organization that is starting from, let's say, you know, two people up to 200 people coming in and instituting people and processes that will result in not even just like success, but just positive growth? I would say first and foremost for me are set set expectations early Mm -hmm. and often. If you don't, if you don't set expectations early and often, expectations will be set for you. Mm. And, and, and what I mean by that, I'll give you a small example. If you and I are in business, we hire Gunner. Yeah. And Gunner says, hey, what time do we start each day? Mm-hmm. And we say to Gunner, ah, 8.30, but man, if you come in, 8.45, no big deal. Sure. I promise you, Gunner will show up at 9. Mm-hmm. But, Typical gunner. Right. But if if we say uh, we start at 8.30, man, hey, don't even think about getting here at 8.31 because, my God, Steve, CEO, is a beast about mm. being a, Guess what? You're probably going to be there at 8.20. Yeah. So set expectations early and often. Mm-hmm. What what are you trying to accomplish? Um, what, is, what is the goal? Um, stay, stay focused. So many people want to do 72 different things and that Mm -hmm. keeps you away from the, I'm a big three to five person. Sure. I feel like if you go off of one hand, that's too many. Mm -hmm. Gunner's heard me say this a million and one times. Uh, my five pillars, life pillars, God, health, family, business, and investing. Mm -hmm. If it falls out of those five, 
I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I, I love football. Tom Brady didn't send me any of his $20 million contract last year. I didn't mm-hmm. watch Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I much rather spend that time with my children. Yeah. My, my, my kids are now at the age where uh, they're in golf lessons. Mm-hmm. I love golf. All of them? Or? No, the, old, the two oldest, the, okay. uh, six and eight. And so you're prepping them mm-hmm. so you can take them out on the golf course nice. and spend quality time. Uh, but for years, I've not played golf because mm-hmm. four and a half hours to play around the golf, I could be with, with the family. So mm-hmm. yeah. sa- same in business. What are the focus priorities? What are we trying to accomplish and set expectations early and often? And I can even see that translating into, say, relationship. You said the expectations totally. early and often. This is what I want out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Yeah. Yep. Even, think, if, it, think, even in family. Think about that, yeah. man. Um, the number one and two reasons mm-hmm. for divorce in our country, communication and money. And money is usually because we didn't communicate about the money. Right. <laughs> we didn't talk about how much we had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or how and much so, we didn't have. Didn't have. <laughs> yeah, communi- yeah. Communication. I mean, even... Um, I feel so many people in relationships and they're not establishing and saying what they want. Right. What are their desires? What are their needs? What What are their, their sexual preferences? Um, and that becomes damaging mm-hmm. because then you start to build up animosity, different wants, different desires. Then you start to stray. You start to wonder. You start to resent. Yes. And you start to resent somebody or an organization for never meeting the expectation you you never communicated. That you never communicated. Javon, why do you think that we hesitate to communicate what we need in an organization, relationship? In in a relationship, I feel, my, my opinion, some people fear shame mm-hmm. and embarrassment and so so again why my, my wife and i talk about this uh because she she comes from a family that they don't talk about things mm-hmm. i come from there's not a lot of uh uh embarrassment like mm-hmm. when you're walking around you got bread bags on your feet like you you've been embarrassed yeah, like sure. you know yeah uh, there's no what, door on the on the bathroom here right like yeah <laughs> Right. Shame? And, and What's e- that? Even yeah. that. Think about that for a second. We all go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet and still. We, yeah. It, it's like, oh, don't talk about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and it's amazing to me. I'm like, but we, but all, we all go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. We all pee in the middle of interviews sometimes. Well, and we Every all, we all us, don't do we that. All, yeah. You did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a choice. Yes, that was a choice. It was that or pee my pants. So well, I made the right you one. know what? You should just pee your pants. You walked away, Gunner. All right. I'm going like, to I'm 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 take that one to heart. <laughs> um, Sponsored by Depends. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel that people don't, communicate mm-hmm. what they want what they need their desires uh and and, and the other thing is that it's okay for those things to change over time mm-hmm. yeah but communicate and if you establish early that you communicate what you need then when it changes you're already comfortable set expectations early mm-hmm. and often and so translating that into like a, an organizational standpoint 
does it become harder because you feel like you're just a cog in a machine? Is that where good leadership comes in to make people feel like they can communicate? How do you navigate that? I, I feel well, one, you have to keep things top of mind. Gunner knows mm-hmm. this. Gunner probably gets tired of hearing me say some of the same things over and over and over. But you you have to constantly remind people, mm-hmm. uh, keep those things top of mind, like our, our values. What are they? Keep them top of mind. You have to repeat them so people know uh, and so people can grow comfortable right. to be able to come to leadership and, and share their opinions, their thoughts. Yeah. Gunnar hears this all the time from me. I loathe when someone will put on um, will put a comment on an anonymous survey mm. that they've not shared with you. So you can address it. So you put it sure. on an anonymous survey, but you never told me. Mm-hmm. And, and I always, me. I always mm-hmm. give this example. I'm like, that's like me coming home and my wife saying, I, I'm leaving you. Why? Because you don't pick your socks up. You never told me. I, right. I pick my socks up. But, sure. uh, <laughs> For the but, record. Yes. Was there a period of time like where you didn't show. pick your socks up? But, but it's, it's, uh, it's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, g- give me a chance to address it, rectify it. Hell, even give me a chance to um, come off like an ass, if it, but sure. but you don't even know how it's going to be done mm-hmm. because you've not said anything. Again, yeah. Establishing the line of communication, yes, setting the expectations. So I have a semi-specific question. I am starting to step into a leadership role that, where I work, and I'm I'm just anecdotally seeing that I'm going from producing literal output of this is what I produced, this is what I wrote, um, and you can see it, right? To when you're in that leadership role, it's like, all right, well, I'm, you know, I'm basically a professional spell checker. But, like, I'm, I'm checking all these things, but I don't feel like I'm producing anything. So how do you lead well and, and know that you are producing? Uh, well, one, I would say you are producing. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're producing uh, your QA, Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're, you're quality check, checking sure. this. So qual- quality assurance. The other piece is your role is to support people in producing at their highest level. Yeah. Big mistake that I see that leaders make. Leaders believe, uh, some, that they're supposed to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. Gunner hears me say this all the time. I am not paid to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not what my role is. My role is to surround myself with people Mm-hmm. Who know all the answers? Mm-hmm. And so never know all the answers. Never go in trying to be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And and bring up those who you work with and serve and support. Your role is to make them better at what they do. Yeah. And get the hell out of the way and let them do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's... Um, I've said this before. So I won some CEO award back in in uh, October, CEO of the Austin's year for, for Austin. CEO. Sure, sure, no, whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, but here, and, and I said this from stage <laughs> in, in accepting the award. Yeah. What I find interesting about it, and, and I even laughed a little bit. I said, "Yeah, I even think it's kind of funny." Um, I don't do the work. Yeah, but I'm getting this award. All the people in the organization execute and, 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 and do the work. Yeah, I say some things. Yeah, I set some vision and, 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 and things of that nature. But my role is to serve and support the organization so they can be the best at, at what they do. Yeah. That's it. How, how do I serve you? 
How do I support you? How do I, maybe I clear some obstacles. Uh, but man, if I get an award, give me an award for great hiring practices, <laughs> you know, for, for hiring great people, you know, right. because that's really what it comes down to. I get this question all the time. And so I'm kind of throwing out all these different leader things uh, of modern leader. Um, what's your, I get this interview a lot. What's your biggest concern right now as CEO? Man, it's the same answer I had seven years ago, same answer I'll have today, same answer I'll have 15 years from now. Hiring great people. Because mm-hmm. if you give me great people, everything the else... Pro- that goes to the process that's profit it. part. Great right? people, great process, great profits. Mm-hmm. All starts with great people. Yeah, That answer is never going to change. What I'm curious about, you know, you give the anonymous survey feedback thing. What is feedback you've gotten as a leader, whether it was at Springhead or here at Scribe? That did catch you off guard, like something that was told you feedback about your leadership that actually made you pause for a second. It it wasn't about my leadership. It was about something that we were doing as a, a, a organization or or we weren't doing. Okay. And, and again, bring it up. Mm-hmm. I, I can't fix what I don't know, mm-hmm. or maybe I've not caught seen maybe i overlooked it again my my role is not to know all the answers um so you know here's a good one someone brought to our attention that and this was about three years ago there was a time period where if you went to our website we were heavily a white organization Mm -hmm. so through the interview process we used to have where you had to film a video and someone called us out or someone said we should do away with the video piece because what's happening is you're probably having minority candidates not even apply because they feel that they're not going to get hired based on their race. Me being mixed race, never even thought about it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the minority. And, and so <laughs> right. uh, we immediately were like, oh, make it optional. Mm-hmm. Some people will want to film their video. Mm-hmm. Some won't. They can just do the sound. We made it optional. Great input. Great insight. Mm-hmm. We made it happen. So uh, things like that. You know, if it's, again, I'm the minority and I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, as as a leader who is mixed, has anyone ever put pressure on you or have you ever felt, if you ever get the label like black leader, is that something you like or that you have like a qualm with? Um, I, I, again, this goes back to society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's a good, I appreciate this question, Gunnar, because this is going to, we're going to go, we're going to hit two things on this one. <laughs> when Barack Obama was running for office. It used to piss me off that people would say first black president or when he became president. And the reason being is because he was mixed race. His dad was black, mom was white. Having grown up mixed race and not having had a lot of people I could identify with, especially successful people, I saw that and I'm like, come on, man, put it out there. First mixed race <laughs> president, say it, you know, and, and, and he never did. And, and that always bothered me because, you know, at one point he was living with his white grandparents in Kansas 
I mean, come on, Kansas <laughs> yeah. is like the whitest place in the yeah. country. Maybe, maybe Montana, South um, Dakota, and then there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, you know, yeah. hey, they've come up on the tech scene though, so they've got a yeah, little more yeah. diversity <laughs> up in South Dakota now. Uh, but that used to really uh, bother me that mm-hmm. that he didn't uh, say he was the first mixed race um, president. And again, we go back to society, and, and especially if we're going to truly look to just break down. A lot of these things that have happened to us over over the time of our country, um, society has always looked at Barack Obama, first black president, mm. me, black CEO. Many people don't know where that came from. There was a rule that was written that if you had one drop of black blood, you were black. And it's funny we go around and we want to take down all these statues and, and flags and, and okay, great. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it, we, we shouldn't, but dive into some of the really hard parts of, of this where that was a law, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's, let's address that. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's another one. Like I said, we're going to go two places with this. So that bothered me with, with Barack Obama. Here's something else that bothers bothers me on what we do as a society. We always we also pick and choose how we want to present things. Mm-hmm. So the kid in Minneapolis, Dante Wright, he was shot mistakenly by a police officer. Uh, it was it was like the same week of the George Floyd uh, police officer trial. Mm-hmm. This kid was was shot and killed. The police officer thought she had her uh, taser. And she had her gun and she shot this kid and this kid died. Mm-hmm. All over social media, the news, national news, you name it, blogs, where, wherever. Uh, black man dies in Minneapolis, week of George Floyd trial. Black man died, black man shot by police. And, and so here's what really bothered me. They showed his mom and dad on TV. His mom was white. His dad was black. Never once did they say, mixed race kid, man, shot and killed. Yeah. Unfortunately Right, right. But but at the same time, exact same time, you know what else was going on in our country? We were bending over backwards. We were uh, running banners in the sky to tell you that Kamala Harris was mixed race. Mm. We went over and beyond in this country to let you know that she was the first mixed race president in in this country mm-hmm. or the vice president. Sorry. Right. And OK, I'm, I'm fine with that. Great. All right. Hey, you know, what? especially again, being mixed mm-hmm. race is like, hey, all right, good. I'm, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. What bothered me, though, is we only do it as a society when it's convenient or what narrative we're trying yeah. to put out there. On one hand, they got to celebrate something. Right. On the other, they had to catch attention. Exactly. Black man shot by the police again. Right. we got to put that out there this mm-hmm. way. Oh, first female vice president. Mixed race. She's mixed race. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'm not a fan of how people pick and choose to, to use it. For me, right. I'm pimp father and all. Orphan mother and all. 
I'm equally as proud to be half black as I am to be half white. Mm -hmm. And if you just call me black, you're completely leaving out the fact that I have a white mother. Mm -hmm. Whom you love dearly. Who who I love. So I am mixed race. I am half black, half white. I'm no more proud uh, of either side. Mm -hmm. Mm What when you I I've always wondered this when you came into more monetary success what was it like to be able to help your mom in some ways like were were there ways that you were able to like I I don't, I don't like were you able to share that success with your mom once you came into it so my mom had got remarried when I was twenty two twenty three years old uh and, and my stepdad was was uh. Upper middle class, mm-hmm. if you want. So okay. he took care of my mom. My yeah. mom was in a, mm-hmm. a, a good good position, and, and that was great. Um, I'd say what was we were going to go down the monetary path of that. What was interesting is to see how I was treated very differently when I had money yeah. than when when I mm-hmm. was broke. Mm-hmm. My my and, and and honestly, what it turned into me was. Um, I'm not going to say racism doesn't exist because it does always will. Um, but I, I believe it's also more of a class than really? it is race. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you have money and you can spend dollars a certain way and you can live a certain way, you're treated very yeah, differently. Because yeah. I promise you, in that gated community I live in, if more of those neighbors knew that... Uh, Pimp father, 23 kids, doesn't know where his last thing They'd have a little different of opinion about me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, CEO, um, you know, four kids, lives in the gated community. Uh, good family, wholesome family. Until uh, yep. you get into that background, then mm-hmm. you realize, oh, not as wholesome as we thought. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I really understood the, the lessons of economics in yeah. this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? How does that sit with you as far as knowing that your experience and other experiences, mixed or black, just minority? It's we celebrate pe- minorities or mixed people who you know come into success, but then for the ones that don't, there's almost this like, well, they should pull themselves up by their bootstraps, and we treat them different. Like people treat them differently. How does just how does that sit with you? Well, it, it really goes back to what we've talked about the whole time. Mm-hmm. People are people to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really give a damn. It, 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 it's it's interesting, you know. Some people will gawk, lose their mind over, uh, oh my god, there's Matthew McConaughey. Oh my god, there's LeBron James. My attitude's always been, hey man, you you wake up just like me. You got to roll out of the bed. Mm-hmm. You got to stand up. Use the bathroom. Use the bathroom. Put shorts on. What whatever it is you do. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey probably doesn't put shorts on. Yeah, it, it, you know, but, but even this, <laughs> he, he still has to roll out of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so my whole thing is, uh, it goes back to what we said. People are people. It, yeah, it doesn't people matter people. to me if you have, you know, if you're number one on the Forbes 400 mm-hmm. or if you are homeless on the corner. Mm-hmm. People are people. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I Think, think of this. Here, here's one that's 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 very in, important to me. If you if you're in the airport and you go to the restroom, no one ever speaks to the restroom attendants at airports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one. Yeah, and, and that sucks. 
So I, I, I do my best to go out of my way and say, hey, thank you. Restroom mm-hmm. looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even like to tip them. Think about it. No one's tipping the restroom mm-hmm. attendant at the, the airport. Yeah. Yeah. I'd even watch people have attitude at the airport. Let's say the yeah. attendant's cleaning one of the stalls and someone comes in and they, maybe they just got off a flight. They're, you know, maybe they, they're, they pull a gunner and they get in sure. the middle of the interview. I'm never going to hear the, the rest. No, no, ever, ever. <laughs> uh, and so they run into the stall, they run, run into the restroom, and then the stall has the, the restroom attendant and they're cleaning the restroom. They'll literally have attitude about it. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest thing. Isn't it? Yeah. And, and so... Um, restroom attendant, billionaire, athlete, CEO. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. There's the, but but um, our country. Uh, yeah, it's it's economics. I mean, think of this dynamic. You can take a Hollywood actor, famous athlete, entertainer, and they walk into a restaurant. The manager, the owner, whoever is, is it? Oh, it's on us. They'll, they'll comp the meal. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the very people who can afford to right. pay for it will get the free meal. Mm-hmm. But the, the the family who may have had to save up a little bit to, to have a, a, a night out on the mm-hmm. town and dad or mom work some overtime to, yeah. to, to save up to go to this, this restaurant... No, we don't comp them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so again, takes me back to economics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That weird kind of uh, inequality in, mm-hmm. in class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Javon, it, something that makes me really happy is how positive you see things. Um, the story you tell yourself is obviously a good one. And I'm, I'm curious what you're excited about in the future. Excited about in the future. I mean, obviously, right now we're going through a rough go mm-hmm. as, as a country between the the virus and mm-hmm. employment and equality. You know, race is obviously a, a hot topic in our country. Mm-hmm. I still believe and always will believe life is what you you make of it. And Gunner's heard this before. I mean, th- think about this. You know, when that prostitute sexually molested me, she used to force me to uh, perform oral sex when I was six, seven, eight years old. And if I didn't do it right, she would punch me in the face, punch me in the head, slap me in the face, tell me to do it right. And I'm six, seven, eight years old. What the hell does do it, do it right mean? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, for watching my dad collect money from prostitutes, seeing people spit in my mom's face, I, I always come back to this. I was still born in this country. Mm-hmm. Right now, there, there's a, a family, a mom, a, a dad, walking 1,100 miles, walking from Honduras yeah. to try to get into this country. And, and, and here's what's crazy. They walk 1,100 miles, then they stand at the border. They're like, okay, we got a time trying to give me, can, can we make it across the, the, the Rio Grande? Some can swim, some can't, uh, some make it, some don't. But if you make it into the country, here's what you get. Great, you got in. You still don't speak the language in most mm-hmm. cases. You need to find employment, shelter, food, mm-hmm. money. Man, on, on my worst day of being sexually molested, shit, I was still born in this country. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at it and always say to myself with, with gratitude, thankfulness man i was born here 
No matter how rough my circumstances, I was born here. And and I just choose to look at life that way. We can all make excuses, blame someone else. Uh, The the system's holding me back. And, you know, again, my, my... my attitude, I've heard people say this, it's unfair that I have to work a hundred times harder than that person over there. Okay, there may be some truth in that. It may not be fair, mm-hmm. but here's my attitude. If I work a hundred times harder than Gunner, my attitude is I'm just a hundred times better than Gunner, so I'm, but I'm going to get where I need to go. Um, I don't I'll acknowledge mm-hmm. the obstacle that maybe something that's unfair, but I don't stop there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so as a country, how do we improve? How do we get better? How do we uh, realize all, all that we have mm-hmm. in, in this country? And that's the way I, I choose to look at it. Yeah. Everyone's not going to agree. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. Uh, it's okay. Have, that's okay. Learn that shit a long there, time ago. There's so much truth that if we, as a society, train ourselves to stop complaining about the obstacles and instead get over the obstacles, that would be progress <laughs> yeah. instead of the ne- opposite. Negativity has never, in my opinion, done anything for anyone. Mm-hmm. But man, positivity can change yep. everything. Mm-hmm. And so I just choose to be positive on, on a on a day where maybe everything's not going your way. Yeah. I choose to mm-hmm. see what is positive in my life. Yeah. And it is a choice. It is that's Absolute it right choice. there, man. It is it is a choice. Even if you're in prison, yeah. you have a choice up here on how am I going to think about this day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I no no matter what if you're in a hospital bed. Yeah, you have a choice to see a situation however you want, and unfortunately for so many people, they just choose to look at it from a negative standpoint, a victim standpoint, entitled, a a, a complaining standpoint, Mm -hmm. entitlement. uh, Oh, is me, and I just will not live life Mm -hmm. that way. Yeah, well, Javon, you are a man of unshakable optimism. You're Hey, you forgot handsome. And and handsome. I, I mean, appreciate he's handsome, that, my he's man. A little, he's a little <laughs> underdressed, but... Uh, <laughs> he didn't get the memo. It's fine. And, and you do... you you. What I appreciate about you most as a leader, and even if I only heard about you, I would know this is true, you practice what you preach. You are Thank not, you, sir. You're not full of shit. No. Um, I have seen with my own eyes you live out all the things you talk about, and I know that you have a lot more important things to do than sit with us for too much longer, so... Two more questions for you. Then yeah, you... well, and here's the thing too, man. Here's here's the the, the beauty of this. You you ask me. You know that's what, what's questions. one of our values. Ask questions. Ask questions. What's man, the I, one I'm best at? Ask I have questions. built a career <laughs> out of asking questions, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, not a whole lot going on up here academically, so I've always had to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you asked, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, oh, especially yeah. for you, man. You're great. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Oh, Gunner's easily. I tell people all the time, Gunner's my favorite thing about me. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love him so much. All right. Yeah. I'm going to deflect the love session here and get back to the questions. I do appreciate that and appreciate the Thanks, time buddy. you've taken to be here. We really Truly do. Hope. I'll Thank let you. you ask the last one. I'll, I'll hit this one. Um, 
you do talk about leaders with legacies often. I've noticed that you follow the work of the Rockefellers Mm -hmm. of, um, of the Disney's. And it, it does make me believe like you're leaving your own legacy and you're forging your own path. And so I do just want to ask, you know, let's fast forward 50, 60 years because you're not dying anytime soon. I'm not going to let that happen. What is the legacy you want left about Javon McCormick? Man, I got to start first and foremost. He was, um, I mean, really, I'll I'll go go intimate and I'll share what I I say in my, my prayers. You know, God, please lead me down your your path to be one of the greatest humans, people, men, husband, father, leader, CEO, and speakers that has ever walked the earth. Mm-hmm. And I say that in, in my prayers. Um, you know, if I have to be a little more detailed, I uh, again, what would I put on the tombstone or whatever I have? Fair. I, I was fair. He he always considered someone else's point of view, someone else's opinion. He he never was just nope. That's the that's the way it is. I I always took the time to listen. I made time for people. I put people first, and and all of that to me is being fair. You know, uh, I'm not going to just make time for you because you're wealthy. I'm not going to just make time for you because you're white or black, or I was fair. I, I treated everyone with, with respect. So that that's, I would like to be known as, as someone that was fair and did not allow the, the, the cards that were dealt to me as a child to dictate how I played the hand. I, I don't know if you guys are poker guys, but it's kind of like, uh, Poker, man, I got a, a, a two, a, a four, a seven, a nine, and a jack, and I went all in. Yeah. And and I went all in with that hand, and I made the most of that hand. I, I say jack because it starts with J. <laughs> there you go. You know, so I had to use it. Uh, but yeah, that circumstances did not dictate mm-hmm. what what I could create in life, and I and I always made damn sure that uh, I, I was I was fair. And I created my own path. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our last question. We ask yeah. all our guests this. All right. And I'm excited to ask you this one. What does it mean to you to be a Texan? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Randy, yeah. come on. You, you hit home for me because there that go. there's no state income tax. <laughs> there it is. Uh, there it is, man. Uh, we, we started off with taxes. Yeah, we ain't yeah. no taxes. Oh, yeah. um, Full circle. I, it's two episodes in a row about taxes. <laughs> I Taxes and taxes. You know, many, many people, uh, man, we'll, we'll get... I appreciate that question because thank you, sir. Because this is gonna uh, it's gonna touch a nerve for some people. What, I, what I'm going to say here, um, you know, Texas is under a lot of criticism right now with the the abortion laws mm-hmm. that that, that uh, passed or what they're still debating, trying to pass, fight what wherever it is right now. There's a lot of debate yeah. about it. Um, man, I'm I'm a product of an abortion gone bad. Mm-hmm. When my mom got pregnant the first time, my dad took her to have an, an illegal abortion. Mm-hmm. 
and it was so bad. Like, like she said, it was just horrific. One, it was illegal, so it wasn't like this was on the up and up. Right, it wasn't sanitary. My mom describes it. She says that my dad took her to some back alley doctor to have have an abortion. So, and and I say this, and and I'm okay with. I made peace with it. My mom doesn't like that I I say it, but. I should have never been born. My mom had no business having a, a, a kid. She couldn't yeah. even raise herself. She was still learning. Yeah, ha- yeah. Half she, the she shit, was a girl, not yes, a woman. Yes, half the, time. the yeah. shit we learned, we learned at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a, a product of an abortion gone bad. The second time she got pregnant, that first abortion was so bad that she said, "I'll I'll just have a kid." Mm-hmm. So this goes into, again, me with my Christian faith. My wife and I would never have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe actually Megan gave me this, uh, the, the best way to put it. I'm pro-choice, anti-abortion yeah. is the, the way she, she gave me that. Because, again, at the end of the day, man... Um, we all have to make terms with who our creator, higher power, ourselves, what, whatever it is. Mm. So, so again, while my wife and I would never have an abortion, I'm not going to judge, look down on someone who did mm-hmm. or who is choosing to because, again... I'm a product of an abortion gone bad. And and again, I'm just so thankful of the way I was raised to be able to have that point of view mm-hmm. and see it from a different perspective. Um, so I know Texas catches hell for, for that right now. Many could argue rightfully so. Um, but I love Texas. Mm-hmm. I, I love living here. Uh, again, I can't say it enough, no state income taxes, <laughs> uh, but it, it's, I, I may own a second home somewhere mm-hmm. in this, in this country, but Texas will, will always be home. I, I mm-hmm. love Texas. Texas is home. Yeah. Texas, Texas is, home. Is, is home, man. And, and as, as I said to you both, when you came out to greet me, Texas is home, some bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to leave it right there. Javon McCormick, thank you so much for all your time. Uh, We can follow you at Javon McCormick and all the socials. I know that you're posting all that on your own every single day. Yeah, okay, Gunner. Modern Leader coming out later this spring, or we pushed it to the summer? I I believe it's going to come out in in June. In June, yeah. All right. Coming out out in June. Plenty of time to listen to this interview a couple of times. Just once again, Javon, thank you so much for the leader you are, the man you are. All the things we appreciate you so much, gentlemen. I, I appreciate it. This this was awesome. Uh, I got to sit with the white Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know, there's there's debates there's, on what did Jesus actually yeah, look like. So yeah. you you are the white version of what's um, yes, depicted of him. I'm so yeah. there, well, you there you go. He's <laughs> also the version that a a certain person at Deep Eddie Cabaret a few months ago, oh, tripping man. on acid at the bar, uh, reached out to him and said, "Are you Jesus?" He was so, very concerned. See, um, even yeah. to those on mushrooms, I gave him a blessing. There you go. <laughs> just in case. Just, just, hey, just on the option. Yeah, hey, be oh, fair. Be fair. Be fair. <laughs> All right, right. thank you so much. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate appreciate it.
Thank you so much again. I think the word we say the most on this podcast is thank you, but I hope people know that we mean it. Javon, thank you so much for your time, for driving from the office to meet us at our studio, to record for longer than we had on the calendar just because we were having so much fun getting to hang out and talk. We appreciate you so much. Everybody be on the lookout for his new book, Modern Leader, coming out this summer. Ah, such a good interview. Such an amazing interview, and I, I really am appreciative of the time. And I understand why you like working for uh, for Scribe as much as you do, because if that's your leadership, I can tell that he really puts an effort to take care of you guys. And one, I can genuinely quote, remember the Titans here, when I say attitude reflects leadership. The, pe- the people who serve at Scribe reflect his attitude and reflect his work ethic and reflect his joy. So mm-hmm. it... Even on the hard days, I, I honestly have one of the easier jobs just because the people make it so good. I totally understand that, yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, well, uh, guess, uh, guess who I encountered the other day? Was it Lance? You know it was. And listen, this one, this one was a little sneaky. He kind of, he got me on this one. Really? I'm not going to lie. Okay. So, yesterday, there was a rumor that the king of podcasting was going to mm-hmm. be at our gym. There was a rumor that Joe Rogan... Sean O'Malley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also part of the Manscaped family. Manscaped. Lawnmower 4.0. Manscaped.com. Code Texas. 20% off. Plus Joe Rogan. Shipping. <laughs> so Joe, Joe was supposed to show up with uh, Knees Over Toes guy, Ben yeah. Patrick, and go through a workout or whatever. Um, didn't happen, yeah. ultimately. Uh, but that was the rumor. So there were, you know, there was some excitement in yeah. the air. There was electricity throughout the gym. There were... <laughs> five or six times more people there than normal. Like actually, like though? actually, I'm so glad I didn't go. Dude, yeah. It was, it was a, uh, you know, that dead space between 11 and two. Yeah. Compact. Just absolutely packed. Couldn't get, did parking. the knees over toes guy come? No, he, he went to a different gym that day. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that it was one of those things where if you are a, a significant personality traveling and your thing is fitness that you line up several mm-hmm. different gyms just in case one of them falls through or what have you, right? Yeah. Um, I happen to know he went to Roca that day. That, you know, cleaner. Yeah. Cleaner, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, what we lack in clean, cleanliness, we make up for in building immunities. Exactly. <laughs> Shouts out Squatch, Frontier Fitness. Which brings me to, all of us are like sitting around, mm-hmm. waiting on that short, ball-headed mother <laughs> to walk in yeah. and wow us with his tattoos and his you know, dank weed. We were, yeah. we were all extremely excited. And the skin disease that makes his hands look funny. Isn't that just HGH? No, I think he oh, no, has, oh, a, he has, he has the, like he has the Michael dis- Jackson thing, Yeah, he has like the right? Michael Jackson thing. Oh, yeah. We should probably not call the it The Ligo, right? <laughs> it's something that makes his hands and anyway, his feet discolored. So we're all waiting on Rogan, and I'm kind of like, you know, we had, we had sprinted the day before, so yeah. I'm just kind of stretching out my, my hamstrings and my, my calves. I'm doing a little mace flow. And I'm looking, I'm looking around like everybody else, and I, I'm not seeing him. It's, it's about time he's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of pop my head outside to, to check just to see if I see, like, a Tesla rolling up mm-hmm. with Navy SEALs running beside it. And I see, the, I see this yellow blur, like, shoot past, <laughs> right? Shoot past the parking lot. Yeah. And slap something on, on my truck. And okay. I'm like, oh. oh, my God, what happened? And I'm running over. <laughs> and I'm like, Lance, where are you going, you mother? <laughs> and I, I can see him flipping me off as he's racing down that road there. Of course. And I look at my car, and he's got this yellow Post-it note stuck to my windshield. So now I'm curious. I'm like, all right, well, he's obviously messing with me this yeah. time. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had some good. He's trolling. He's trolling me this time. As so we I'm are like, apt to do to him. I'm equal parts excited and yeah. scared to mm-hmm. see to see 
what that what note says. So I peel the sticky note off, and I'm looking. I'm looking at. I'm watching the blur down the road, and I'm looking at the sticky note, and I'm angry and I'm scared, and I'm looking at it, and it says, "I bet you wish this was Rogan instead of me." I put the roadblocks in front of his tires <laughs> to make sure he couldn't get here. Aww. This is for the manscape joke. <laughs> so it's my fault. So it's your fault. It's my fault again. He, he ruined our Rogan, Rogan experience. Mm. He, he slashed his tires. I don't know what he did. Well, my response to Lance is I'm going to laugh my way all the way to the bathroom to use my lawnmower 4.0 to shave <laughs> the two balls that I have versus his one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see Lance out there in the wild, we want to hear about it. Don't forget to DM us on Instagram at Texas pod or send us an email subject line. Lance sightings at Texas pod, Texas pod at gmail.com. Send us your Lance sightings. We want to hear about it. We know we're not the only ones he's been messing with for almost a year now. We want to hear from you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram one more time. That is at Texas Pod. Don't forget to go leave five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Leave a written review. We love it when you give us feedback via Absolutely. text, via comment, via message. It's great. We love it. Copy and paste that into an Apple review. <laughs> Doesn't take that long. We want to build this as big as it can possibly be. Look at how much fun we're having with the Manscaped sponsorship. Just think about how much fun we could have with other types of sponsorships. With other types. Think of how much longer these episodes will be when there's five sponsors. This is just going to turn into a full ad read, the entire <laughs> podcast. Just Wednesdays are the ad reads. I don't know if that means that we're good at ad reads or we're bad at ad reads. But it means we're doing it. But it, it means we're doing them. Speaking of ad reads, don't forget, go to manscaped.com. Get yourself a lawnmower 4.0 or any other product. Use code Texas for how much off? T-E-X-I-S-H for 20% off That's right. plus free worldwide shipping. Free 95 on y'all. any order at manscaped.com using code Texas. Manscaped.com, code Texas, 20% off free worldwide shipping. Bye, Bye y'all. Nice. Noise. Noise. It's so fun. I have fun. <laughs>